0: Yo, yo, yo! Just Chats back at it again with another guest that has been requested uh, by a previous guest. Really, really excited. We've just had a bit of a chat before we've even started and he sounds like an absolute blast. So guest, introduce yourself. Who are you and uh, tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Um, I'm Elliot Jones. Um, best export or import from England to Mount Gambia. So I've lived here what, 14 years now and, and finally can call it home. Awesome, man.
0: Awesome. So... We'll go all the way back. Tell us about, I guess, growing up in England. What was your life growing up like in England?
1: Um, so so I had the thoughts a bit to read some of your... or uh, listen to your podcast, and that just made me realise probably what a bit of a train wreck it was. But, um, yeah, uh, my childhood schooling. Um, I can probably remember back to five, so I don't know what, what you call that over here. I call that first school over there. Reception, yeah. And um, that was not successful. So uh, I, I was there... I uh, probably was one of the youngest members to not succeed going through first school. And um, and that was just, I think, um, and obviously you being a teacher, you probably know this. I think that I've heard um, there's a group of individuals that come through school and they call them the bad, the bad year. Mm. And I think, unfortunately for me... You fell in the bad year? I, I fell in the bad year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Uh, did you go to high school? Uh, Yeah, for a little while Um, Obviously uh, First school was not successful So Unfortunately for me um, I had to move schools I obviously got expelled A couple of times For what? Um, Fighting Okay Yeah, basically fighting And that was uh, You know, looking back On the history of it I just I just happened to come through The whole bloody First and middle school Just with the wrong crowd Yep So um, I think because of the nature that I was, um, I used to put up with it um, until the point where I think one of my teachers used to call me a champagne bottle. I used to put up with it and put up with it until uh, obviously something would obviously pop. Yep, yep. And um, I remember through, um, I think when I remember getting expelled, I was walking to school with a couple of a couple of guys who I used to walk to school with because mm-hmm. back then my mums didn't have cars to take you to school. You walked to school. Yep. And for some reason... Uh, say we were I don't know say we were seven I think my friend's brother was ten and he happened to walk across the road and had an altercation with this other kid and obviously hit him or whatever and a couple of hours later I'm sitting in the assembly and my names getting called out and I'm thinking (laughs) well what you know what have I done you know so anyway so we get called out in front of the whole school and there's obviously the two boys I walked to school with and you probably didn't grasp and you didn't say well sir that weren't me you just Just went with the flow. Yeah. So um, I went with the flow up until the point I got the slipper in front of the whole school, and um, obviously, yeah, at that point that didn't go too well. So I think there was a, eight years age there was I was in an altercation where I was like a Jack Russell and decided to get the headmaster by the throat because he whacked me with a slipper, (laughs) and then I was at that school no more. So um, obviously, yeah. So unfortunately, first in middle school was not too successful. Um, I went to another middle school, um, so I would have been about. Or well, probably nine, mm-hmm. and that that was pretty good. You know, I went for, to a different estate, different school, and um, that was pretty good. Um, but unfortunately for me, um, when you then go back to the high school, yep. you then meet up with the kids that you were in the first and middle school with. Yep, yep. So um, yeah, so that was not successful. So th- the reason for the fights was it just bullying? Just bullying. I think. Um <coughs> and uh people, even people now probably i'm 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 a loner, I think I'm a loner you know i can I can pretty much go anywhere and make a friend yep, and um I even notice that now when you go out there's you know you you go out and you know you make people laugh and and I think sometimes that attracts the wrong attention, mm-hmm. so I think because of the upbringing I had at the time, I was always a loner, and I think when you're a loner for some reason, you know whether you're a loner or you're a, you've got purple hair or you like noses through your earrings or you've got these guys who like to dress up in black, you get singled out. And I, and I think for some reason, through my nature, um, I got singled out. That sucks, man. That was pretty tough when I think about it. Do you
0: look back on it now and just go, why did no one step in to help me or anything like that?
1: Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a big advocate for, for mental health as people in the Limestone Coastal now. Um And um, when I got older... Um, I certainly remember the high school. I think I lasted, I, I probably, well, I was barely 14 when I left. Okay. Um, and I remember, obviously, one of your other podcasts, obviously, I think the same situation happened to them. And I, and I think back in them days, bullying was always there. Um, and you had the old school teachers that would discipline. Yep. And then you'd have the the, the uni graduate st- teachers coming through yep. where they didn't discipline. Mm-hmm. And I think I came through an era where there, and, and, and I got nothing wrong with discipline. Even even like our local Bobby, you know, if you did something wrong, and he used to go around on his push bike, yep. he, he if he knew your name and he saw you do something, he would be at your run before you got home. So yep. Yep. I think there was a, you know, I don't know whatever years that was back in the sort of early eighties. There was a lack of discipline in my view in the schools. Yep. And for some reason, I used to like to be a showman, so I used to get punched, kicked, spat on all the time. Jesus. And nobody would see that, but the one time I lash out and hit that person, you got caught. I used to obviously like to be a shaman so I used to get caught more often than not. So um, yeah, so I think probably lack of discipline, and, it, and I, we all see it now. I think I think you know just lack of discipline, and the, the, the teachers can't do the discipline because of the not allowed to slap the, the pupil and all not to that. Not that's allowed right. to touch. Not allowed to touch. Yeah. Yeah. So just lack of discipline, I think. So what did you do uh so you say you left school at fourteen? what did you do then um so yeah i had to I had to leave same thing again through getting bullied and just obviously couldn't take any more yep and um yeah, there was a big big fight at the school and um for some reason, I remember leaving i remember leaving i remember me 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 dad weren't really an influence in my life, but I remember him having a conversation i think at that time. Um, if, well, it's probably the same now. You know, you, year twelve, I think, is here. You can't leave until you got a job. Yep. So, so I was saying, and I'd already worked anyway after school. And I was, I was sort of saying, well, if, if all that is, if you know, I'm I'm fourteen, I'm not going to be a scientist because the qualifications weren't there. Yep. But I was good with my hands. Yep. And I could work. So, so the sort of the justification was, well, if I could get a job. Mm. Why, why can't I leave? Mm. But um, I think because, like, even at the age of 14, I was probably doing stuff that 20-year-olds were doing. Okay. So um, I was pretty, pretty street smart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was I, I was built to survive. Yeah. You know, so I I knew what it was like to earn a coin. Mm-hmm. And if, if I could get paid to go to school, I would have been, I would have been really good. Yeah. But because of the upbringing and that with me mum, I think that was just born into me to earn money. Okay. okay. So from the age of five upwards, all I want to do is get out there and earn money.
0: Yep. Yep. So,
1: what did you? So you left school, when, and when you were fourteen, what did you go and do? Uh, that was a wild, wild couple of years. My, uh, my uncle had a nightclub. Okay. So uh, we had some interesting times, <laughs> yeah. and there's some comments that come up on Facebook now and again. There were some things we did as kids that we probably shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So I had a wild time between sort of fourteen and nearly sixteen. Okay. Was wild. Yeah, just no, no drugs, never any drugs. Yep, but plenty of alcohol, Mm -hmm. plenty of girls, (laughs) and uh, music. Yeah, basically music, girls, and alcohol for two years. Do you look back now and look at
0: your schooling experience, and do you think it was important the way it shaped you, or even now do you think schooling for your children is important, or do you think? Um,
1: I I do, I do think that's important because obviously. if you do well at school, that gives you a better chance when you leave school. Mm-hmm. Whereas I did it the other way around. I had nothing when I left school and had to work really, really hard to then progress. Yep. But I've also seen my friends that went to uni and they ain't working. Yeah. So so I, I don't believe my, my philosophy in a in career. I've never been employed for my, my educational skills. Mm-hmm. I've been employed for my mouth and how much money I'm going to bring in. Yeah, Yep. So um, if I could change, uh, if, well, if if I had my way, I left school when I was five. You know, if I could have walked <laughs> out of there and got a paper round at five, I'd have left then. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not a good advocate, although I tell my kids to do the best they can. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they've probably got my simple genes, so they have to rely on their mum's skills. But um, I'm I'm a, I'm I think probably to captivate that, I think kids should be given the opportunity to at least do schooling. Yep. Whereas even now, um, kids aren't given the opportunity just to concentrate on school. And, you know, they've got troubles at home. Mm-hmm. They've got pressure from Facebook and all the rest of it. And mm. there's bullying. So I, I think if kids could just be given the chance to be kids, then the school life would be a lot easier. Yep. Whereas I think, unfortunately for me, at the age of five, I was I was built to leave home. Yep. So I, I never I never got the opportunity just to be a kid and just go to school. <sighs> That's fucking brutal
0: all right so 16 you've you finished working at, at the nightclub what are you doing then
1: so we're uh, obviously I had a I had a we had a I remember having a big session we had a big session one week and you know plenty of girls and drink and stuff like that and um I just remember waking up thinking gee Christ this is this is just not me <laughs> you know this is just not me and 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 we hear it all the time it's a bit like you know everybody dreams of driving a Ferrari but mm. once they drive it it's just a car. It's uh, just a car. Yeah. You know, and I think um, my dad certainly has lived a rock and roll lifestyle. Yep. And, and he had, he's had no influence, you know, which he hasn't. And I just didn't want to go down that path. Yep. So um, I was always good with these. And I just, that's probably the only proactive thing I ever did. I remember we had like I I don't know if they do it in Australia, but we had like a job centre. So when you left school at 16, mm. you were meant to report to this like careers advisor. Okay. Um, and that was about the only proactive thing. I just remember... I think one lunchtime I went down. Down, I thought, well, I can't, can't keep doing this. And I just walked in. And, and at that time, I was obviously 16 and meant to have left school. Mm-hmm. But I'd already, left, I'd already been away from school for two years. Yep. So we talk about influence. Mr, Mr. Shawcross, bless him, he tried to keep me at school. But basically said to me, you know, by the time they do the social service thing and get you back at school, you're nearly left anyway. Yeah, OK. So um, I remember just going into the careers office and, and sort of the only two things I really remember... From the last sort of years of my school, like Mister Shawcross, I said to him, I said, look, you know, I'm coming to school fighting every day, so the odds against me, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be successful in what I'm doing. Yep. So I said to him, I said, look, as long as I can get away from here, I'll come back later on in life, and I'll come back and I'll let you know I get on. Okay. So um, yeah, so I left left got this job at sixteen, and and I end up making bloody circuit boards. I think they were. They were used for the ministry, I think, which is basically like a circuit board that you see in the back of the TV or your computer. This company was, was making them, so I was getting paid good money, and I literally was making circuit boards, which bored me. I did that for about a year. Bored me shitless. Wow. Bored me shitless.
0: Wow. And, okay, so you've, you've made your circuit boards. What, what happened then?
1: So um, I think at that time, an apprenticeship was about £30, $30, a, pound, so about £30 a week. So, I was making circuit boards earning about £130 a week.
0: Wow, okay.
1: So, before I left school, I was earning £130 a week cash. Yeah. So, I was, I, was, I was earning four times the amount of money per week than what anybody else my age was earning. Yep. So, um, the circuit board thing was good, but that was going to be the same pay, really, as you went through your career. Yep. And we were working at fetch. You just, you, just, you just used to bore me sickness. But I've never been good at, um, is it protocol or discipline? either I've never been good at either of them. You know? I am not I'm not somebody that you can um, that you can tell. Um yeah, I don't know, not say I'd never be no good in the army. Yep. So um I think uh, I think I was at home one time. I'd come home from work so I I was just barely sixteen then. And I came home and um like I say my dad was never really about but he was home home with my mum then. And for some reason they got some new vinyl made in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we'd never had new vinyl, you know you know, well, I remember we'd had concrete floors at some yep. point. Yeah. And I just remember the Barbie's name was I remember Bob coming in and laying this floor and I thought to myself, God, you know, fuck I'd quite like to do that, you know. I just I just like coming in to see something that was a shithole. Yep. And then leaving it and that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um I think I was at the pub and um I said to Bob I said, God, I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that, you know. He said, "Oh, he said, I'll I'll just chat my boss up and see if there's any apprenticeships so back in them days. To get an apprenticeship in the UK, um, they'd probably only be if you wanted to be an electrician. There was probably five companies. If you wanted to be a bricklayer, there was only five companies. Oh, so, wow, well, okay. So you, if you went to be an apprenticeship, generally, what would how you would get selected or you'd find it is they'd have a school works evening at school. So all these companies would obviously come there and put their stands there, and then mm-hmm. you'd walk around with your parents if if you were that way inclined. Yep." And you would put your name forward. Mm-hmm. So when you left school, you could then go to term and see if you qualified. So to get an apprenticeship there, um, and the guys here sort of take it for granted, but to get an apprenticeship, you know, you might have five spots and there might be 40 of you. Yep. So, you were, you know, you were lucky to get one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember, which I would have been about 89, that was when the government then decided to start doing self-employment. Okay. so all the good guys who had been on these companies all the all these while well, the good ones they were leaving to be self-employed yep. to get more money mm-hmm. um, so that made it hard they, they didn't have the skill staff then to train the apprenticeships but I was really fortunate enough to i went to the interview and um obviously presented myself well and I remember going into the the company where I was trying to get this floor lads job and I was earning, say like that like i said about 130 pounds a week the, the apprenticeship was pounds 2950. A week? A week. Wow. So uh, there was about, I think there was about half a dozen, so I lined up in this reception. I ended up, obviously, I think I was second but last, and I went in there, and Brian, um, obviously, he was the director then, did the interview, got on, and he said to me, he said, I've just got to ask you one question. He said, so you're earning £130 a week now? So I said, yeah. He said, well, what were you we earning before you did that? I said, I said, I've been earning £130 a week since I was 14. Yeah. And he said, you're going to come here for 29 29- 50 I said yeah but I'm only coming here for 29.50 you're not going to keep me on 29.50 yep. you know I said so I said I'm looking at the long term rather mm. than the short term mm. and with that he stood up and he said to I think Ben was the contractor he said boy has got the job start Monday so I started Monday and I had, I had my own little motorbike by then and I felt really proud as punch because um, he called me in the office on Monday and he said obviously you know in town you have to make your own way there and I said yeah fine I got myself a little motorbike and he said, uh, he said I love your enthusiasm he said yeah uh, Use this, and he gave me a petrol card. So he said, "You know, when you're going about, you just fill your bike up." So that was my. I think it was '89. So that was when I started my apprenticeship floor laying. So I was a, I was a, a, you know, a proper 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 working class boy.
0: Wow! And how long did you do that for?
1: Um, I did that for. I think that was best best ten years of my career. Um, I did that for. Uh, I, I was with them for that company for ten years, and worked my way up. I was there for, um, obviously, um, you know, obviously met a girl by that time. And I started off the apprenticeship, so I, I only actually did my apprenticeship, well, I finished my apprenticeship, but I was only actually on the tools until I was about 20. Okay. I was on Cedric, uh, bless him, he's about 80, 87, 88 now. Um, I call him my protégé, you know. He was, <laughs> he was like my best man, you know, best mate, dad, all in one. And I had the best four or five years working with him ever. Yeah, we used to just get in the van, he'd pick me up in the morning, we'd just do, do these jobs. But um when he retired, um I still remember it, when he retired, that was gut-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching. That was one of the, you know, probably that was almost as bad as splitting up with your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So, same thing again. Unfortunately, Zedric was old school, you know, where you did a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. Mm-hmm. And there was other guys there that, you know, would take their tea break at 10 o'clock and a break for an hour at one o'clock and yep, going up past That made the day long. So so unfortunately for probably me, um, Zedric left and that was that was even now still sad to this day. I mean we we still keep in contact through Facebook and stuff like that. He's still alive, bless him. But yeah, that was uh, probably one of the saddest, saddest days of my working career when he retired. I cried, I'll admit that. Really? I did cry. I did cry. I took him to the I took him to his reunion thing, because obviously back then, that was pretty big when he retired. And um, I picked him up and I put all balloons and all on the van. I didn't drink. I I drove the van there. And when I dropped him off, I I remember crying. Shit. Yeah, I was sad when he went. Have you told him that? Uh, He'd know. He'd know. Yeah. Yeah, he'd know. All right. And so how long ago did you come to Australia? Um, So Australia, so that was uh, um, between the age of 24 and 34. Was uh, certainly a roller coaster ride mm-hmm. because obviously I'd worked at Anglia Florin and they'd bought it to another company, so we got made redundant. Oh uh, yep. On purpose. Awesome. So we had to, We worked for the month and didn't get paid, and then the company then came in on the money and said, "Well, you know, you're not getting paid, but you can work for us again." So um, we had no choice. So so we had a we had a rocky ten year career after that. Um, so yeah, up until two thousand five and then obviously. Got married and had a little boy and all the rest of it. And then uh, that all went pear-shaped. And I think from memory, so 2005, so pretty much from 2000 to 2005, was just living life for everybody else. Fuck. Was just living life for everyone else, just doing what everybody wants you to do and, and just sucking up, just going to work, sucking up, going to work, sucking up. So, uh, yeah, 2000, so 2005, I, I, uh, I probably had a, I don't know, you say a breakdown or whatever? I think I probably... Midlife crisis? Uh, that wasn't even a midlife crisis. I, I remember, I remember seeking some assistance, you know, whether you call it counsel or whatever. I remember seeking some assistance and unfortunately the relationship I was in um, was really a, a mirror image of the abuse that you mentally suffered as a kid. Oh fuck! So um, I just remember um, a guy called Dave Blinston. He was our team manager for the sport that I was in, and he. There, there was three or four times I got the opportunity to come to Australia doing the sport I did, but either through getting engaged or a house or something like that, I never managed to do it. So, 2000, sort of two to four, I kind of started trying to take control of myself, mm-hmm. um, and. Unfortunately for me during them them tough times I do know what it's like when someone says you know the suicide bit unfortunately I've been there twice um, and it just weren't my day it weren't my day to go touch wood so I remember two weeks all the team were over here, and literally that was just a, the business that I was in was going through another acquisition again so that was the same company that I'd been with since I was you know, left. Yep. yep. They, they they acquired by another company, they go bust, they start again, and they did it for the third time. And after the third time, I just... That's, yeah, like that's yeah, a lot, isn't it? I just, yeah, three times. Yeah. Three times in 15 years, and that was just... That was horrendous. So, um, unfortunately, the the relationship I was in was a, a one-sided relationship too, and I obviously had my son. And I just decided... I got told by uh, a good friend, you just got to get out, you're just going to have to... Just get away for a couple of weeks and just see. So I literally, the squad was over, and I obviously rained over. I said, look, you know, if you want to stick me in the squad, I'm going to buy a ticket. I'll be, I'll be over. So literally, I just, literally just left the business I was in. Just said the guys, you got to get on, man. having a hold, and I jumped on a plane. And I came to it in 2005. I come to Australia. One way ticket. Uh, now, obviously, because I only came over here to race, so um, I came over here to obviously race against. Uh, Australia in the World Cup Cycle Speedway in F- in Finden, in Adelaide. Yep, and I think we were here for three or four weeks. So um, that was just a sort of getaway. But <clears throat> I think when I look back, that was probably a big turning point for me. That was a turning point where I probably accepted the fact that um, you have to you have to do what pleases you first. Yes, you know, rather than keep pleasing everybody else. And I'd I'd been in such a bad spot for five or six years. Um, I would not say that was shit or bust, because I, 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 really, when you're when you're in survival mode, mm. they're in a shit or bust. Every, that's all you know. Every day's a shit or bust. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And um, it's only been till even the last couple of weeks. I've, I've sort of realised for 30 years I've been on adrenaline. That's adrenaline that's kept me going every day. It's the, the, the fear of having nothing. Waking up in the morning. Um, you know, people say to me, even even where I work now, you know, people who know me well know that I'm at work more than I'm at home. But the thing that keeps me going is knowing that my kids are going to have a roof over their head or if I can do well, I can give to somebody else. And um, I try that. I try that. I'll never. You'll never see me have, and, and my wife will tell you, Jacinta bless her, you'll never see me go out with $100 in my wallet and see someone worse off than I am where I will not part with that money. So that's why she don't give me any money. And that's a well-known fact. That's a well-known fact that she won't give me any money because I'd give it away. Does that
0: stem from your childhood you think?
1: Um I th- I think um I, I know what it's like to have nothing. You know, I know what it's like not to be able to turn the light on. You know, I know what it's like to your mum's not gonna know whether she's gonna put tea on the table when you come home from school. So I I know what that feeling is. And um I wouldn't want um I wouldn't want anybody else. If I could help them, I wouldn't want them feeling that way. Fuck. You know, because um, you know, God forbid they do the, the wrong thing with their, their money and stuff like that. But, but I think even back in them days, from what I can remember, you know, I remember being on a, a council estate, but people looked out for each other. Mm. You know, like you know, the mums looked out for each other. You mm. know, and a lot of the mums, I think, you know, from what I can remember, I don't know whether statistically there is a, a single mum era, but I remember there being a lot of single mums. You know, I remember like a few of my my friends not having their dad around. Yep. You know. Um, and and I think people look out. So I think like and my mum's the same. Bless her. Um, she'd give you her last. You know she would give you her last unless, and, and and I've seen her do it. I've seen her. You know if she had like a tray of eggs. You know she would give half them away to, to feed yep. somebody else. So I, I think yep. I think for me, I just I don't like I don't like to see. But if I got fifty bucks in my wallet, and that's going to make someone happy for the day and feed their kids or do something for them, I'd rather give them that fifty dollars. Man, that's crazy. You yeah. know, and I'm well known for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you do
0: currently? What's your what's your current role now?
1: Um, well, me and my wife, um, Jacinta, um, run Blue Lake Homes. Mm-hmm. So, Blue Lake Homes was Jacinta's dad. So, I had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, obviously, when well, I came to Adelaide in the two thousand and five, um, turning point went out to a nightclub, and obviously I met Jacinta there. Yep. And I just said to my mate, I said, before I go back, I'm going to hit the dynamite button because I decided that, you know, things were going to change when I went back to England. I yep. just looked across and that was Heaven Nightclub, if anyone knows. Oh, I remember and Heaven, yeah. It's a trashy place of Adelaide, they told me. <laughs> so um, I just remembered seeing the centre, and I just I just looked and there was something about it and I just thought to myself, you know what? Um, and I definitely weren't looking for a fling. You know, mm. I weren't looking for a holiday fling. That was the last thing on my mind. Mm. And I just remember saying, before I go back and just say to these so-and-sos back in the UK, look, I'm done. I'll just go say hello to this girl. And I just walked up and I—I I made the stupidest chap line there was. Here we go. And I—I I, uh, I just walked across the dance floor and and she had this massive handbag on, and um, I just—I sort of got on her arm and I just said, "God," I said, "You must have muscles like Popeye," <laughs> which was like you know the most insane thing to say. And um, then she ended up dancing with one of the other the other riders I was with, and I thought, you know, ah. bloody old cheap, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And. For, I don't know, some, somehow I don't know. The somehow I think we were just we were just destined to meet that night and um obviously we met and that was fairly late in the evening from what I remember. And um I think we parted company about six o'clock the next morning. We just walked outside heaven, I think I tried to get her in a taxi and mm. she said, Oh, you know, you get in a taxi. Well at that point I didn't sleep so so I thought, Well, I'll just go walk about and she was saying, Oh, you know, I can't go walk around I said, I'd go walk around, you know. But anyway, they end up, I think there was a McDonald's next door, and we just end up talking. And um, six o'clock in the morning, I did the gentleman thing and put her in a taxi to get her home and um, swapped numbers. So it was 2005. Wow. Popeye, huh? Yeah, Popeye. Yeah, you got muscles <laughs> like Popeye, I think I said.
0: <laughs> All right. um so, is there anything that you wish you knew um, before you started your career? I guess even you could do it as
1: a carpet layer or I th- I think, anything. I think I think my mum used to say to me, just saying, never bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. Yo. Yep. She always used to say that, and she, you know, and my mum was always a hard worker, um, and a bit like the relationship too. My mum said, oh, you know, I'm always make sure you look after your wife and your kids, but what she never told me is the hand will bite you. Yep. And I, th- I think when I look back and you know um although the first ten years were good, there was times where um where high people in the company made decisions that made other people's lives a misery Yep. you know it affected them their families and I think um, and that probably what what instigated me getting off the tools, getting in the office because I knew on the tools I couldn't make a difference mm-hmm and I thought, well, if I get in the office... And that and that was just rude because I'd split up with my first wife and and that was all the shit and I weren't going to go back to work. And there was an opportunity there. Um, and I think, really, that was, what, 20. So from the age of 20 in my work career, i have just been head down, arse up to try and make a difference. But, really, I think the difference that I've made in the well, 25 years... Mm. Um, I only ever had one compliment once off an ex-employee. They said, when I went back to him, they said they never realised what they had until I until I was left, until I went. And I think all I would do now, if I had my way again, as selfish as it said, you know, I would put myself first mm-hmm. before others. And, yep. And, and that, not to be selfish, but I've suddenly realised in the last 18 months, if I don't look after myself, how can I help others? Yep. So if I had to change it, I'd... I'd probably put myself up the tree a little bit more than I had. Was yep. it Southworth? worth I think <laughs> that was
0: a... It is self-worth, yeah.
1: Um, someone, a wise person once told me a couple of months ago, Southworth, worth and I think I've had no self-worth. So if I had to change, then I could rewind, yep. the old self-worth would be right up there.
0: What's the worst, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, say being used, what's the worst, like, someone has used you and used, like, you prick?
1: Uh, my ex-partner. Yep. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. She, uh yeah, she definitely she could take the she could take the title for that. <laughs> and uh, we all have bad relationships, so that's uh you know, that's life. my mum and dad, you know, they they were no no exception. But um my ex wife used my son.
0: Or oh, as, like as like a almost like a bartering yep, sort of yeah. Yep.
1: And and there was nothing to because I give her everything, so there was nothing to barter. But um because of the life I had as a kid I don't think she wanted me anyway. I think that was, uh, you know, I think I was just uh, a sucker. You know, when we split up the first time, I shouldn't have gone back. But yeah, the the worst thing ever, and that still affects me to this day, probably not so much in the last 18 months because me and Ollie caught up in 2019 and a lot of people, my friends in Mate and me, met him and we had a lovely time. But I had 15 years. 15 years. So I'd, uh, I think you could go to jail for less. Fuck. So I had fifteen years of not seeing me boy. So that yeah, that's and that's still shit. that still hurt to this day.
0: Wow, that's heavy. Alright. We'll get into some some questions now, man. Um what shit just doesn't work? Um
1: I think oh, shit don't work. I think there's a lot of shit that don't work. And 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 even you know, well, look at the crazy covert bloody scenario oh. we're in now. There's just okay. I, I, I think um Shit that don't work is is people just not being real, you know. Like I, like you look around, and you just want to say, to people just stop making things over overcomplicated, you know. Mm-hmm. Get your head out of your ass, mm. just be real on the ground, and just simple things. Stop trying to overcomplicate it. Yep. So I, I think for for me, the system, the system doesn't work. Yep. You know, and if I look at my own life, the school system. Yep. Didn't work. You know, the only different thing between the school system in the UK here, which I think is shit. And another one of the podcast members who you interviewed tries to do something about it. I I, I can't put that in my brain cells that kids can come to school in Mount Gambia and not get lunch. Or didn't, yeah. didn't lunches at lunch? Yeah, yeah, lunch. yeah. Whereas in the UK, at least we got that. Yeah. You know, and me and Don, I've had conversations with Don. I remember because my mum never used to take welfare until the point where she had to because she was too proud. But I remember as a kid getting a gold disc to get your dinner. But there was kids worse off than me, so I used to give them my gold disc.
0: Oh, far out! But
1: but that doesn't sit well with me, and I know it def- definitely doesn't sit well with Don. You know, I think the system. When you look back, kids don't get fed, mm. so that's that's bad. Mm. So that, how they're going to make it through school if they don't get fed? Then then when they get they leave school. I oh, the word non for profit. Oh, that gives me the shits. That don't work the word non-for-profit organisation doesn't work. They all still get paid. Yeah, they do, yeah. So um, I think, like, uh, where we're failing as a, a community, as a nation, as a world or whatever, is, especially with the mental health at the minute, we need to go back to the bloody kids at school and change their perception, like me. You know, if somebody would have just given me a little bit of a and hand to start off with, hmm. I wouldn't have gone through the pain in life that I went through. So hmm. I think, and I, th- I think I said it the other day, um... Whether you're at a football club now, like teachers, and you know, teachers are, a, you, I think you said you, you're a teacher too, yeah, so you yep. would see the vulnerability of kids. Oh, fuck no. I, I see the vulnerability, even as a, an employer. I, I never say that we got employees, or we, got st- we got staff, you know, but they're our family, you know. Yeah. We've worked with them a long time, but I think if more people just get their head out of their arse and just go back to basics and, and start just saying hello and caring and change the system, feed these kids. Stop being teachers and be a bit of a mentor. Mm. If it weren't for Mister Shawcross, I would have never made it to school till I was fourteen. Mm. And he were not being a teacher to me; he was being a human being to me. He was It he was just one on one, telling me as it is. Yep. No bullshit. This is what it is. You know. Um, and I think if we add that, the things that don't work might start changing. Yep.
0: Funny you say that because at my site today there was ten kids that didn't have lunch. Shocking. It's and and then they go. They can't concentrate, which then turns in they don't learn. And then, you know, the cycle just repeats itself. Like, you're 100% right that something needs to change. And I don't we, – we we hand out breakfast. But then the fuck thing about being a teacher is the parents will then use the school knowing that if they don't send their kids to school with lunch, the school will provide. Yeah. Um, and so they, they just don't provide food for them.
1: But, and they did that. I remember, obviously, when I got into my business, which was obviously commercial interiors, floor coverings, all the schools, like I remember, going back to the school that I was at in the first school, and measuring up the hallway, and the kids were, there was some girls in their knickers with no top on, and I, I said, I said, I find that just unreal. What, what what's the go here? And she said, Elliot, um, half the parents can't afford to buy their kids PE. So I said, well, all I want by the end of the day, just ring up my office, tell me how much that cost, I'll buy them all PE kit. So, so, I bought the whatever second, third year, I bought them all PE kit. But the teacher then said, even when they give them the PE kits, the mums don't then give them it to go to school. No. So, so going back to that, what don't work, to be a parent, you have to earn the right to be a parent, mm. in my view. Yep. My dad didn't earn the right. God forbid, he's he's not too well now. My dad did not earn the right to be a parent. He's just lucky that I had more Will Pet and I've turned out to be okay. But there's lots of lots of kids like me who didn't turn out to be okay because they, they went on the fucking I'm too hard woes me, go on the drugs, all that bullshit. Yep. And they didn't make the best of opportunity. I've had new no opportunity and I've made the best of it. But I wish we could just go back to you know I've, I've said it time and time again. I'd I'd love to get in front of 15 year old, 14 year old kids at school and stop thinking the fucking world owes you something. Get off your ass hey, and the work. The world doesn't owe you shit. Get off your ass and work. Be respectful. I say I'm a prime example. I didn't get where I am today because of my education. I got where I am today because I got a decent bone in me body. I try not to do the wrong thing by others, and I'm a worker I was going to say it sounds like you do the work i've put in the I' put in the in the miles, you know so so but I think like uh, yeah, it just doesn't fathom me, and we can't feed the kids so i i I generally believe having gone through it myself because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed, you know, like fucking hell. I mean, I I remember, you know, custard. I didn't know what fucking custard was until I went to school because we didn't have it at home. My mum was lucky as she could feed us when we went home. So I think until we change the culture of the stigma, and we get these kids fed, and then you know, so they can. If they can't concentrate on that school at the age of eight to ten, what chance have they got? And that's their prime years for
0: development and learning, all the skills that they need to. If they go out, if they don't finish school, like they won't know how to add, they won't know how to subtract, like. It's it's a shit show,
1: you know. Like I say, you know, and I think, like I say, if if I could, if you could change anything, we got to go back to the kids. We have got to go back to change, and even if you know, even the mate Gambier, I'm led to believe and I'm not statistically minded, but I'm led to believe that we're the fourth generation in mate Gambier now. On is it welfare? Do they call it mm. welfare over here. Yeah. Well, we got to change that. Oh yeah, got to change that. You know what? What kid? What you know? The the kids. What you know? And there is good kids. I'm I'm all believing, and I'm a. I've used this saying before. I'll employ, I'll employ somebody. I don't care what education they got; they just got to be willing. Mm. If you're willing to work, I'll employ you. Mm. You know, you know, the 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 best workers in the world ain't got a good education. And I think going back to one of your previous podcasts, you know, admit, you know, I was never going to be a scientist. Yeah, you know, I I weren't never going to be an accountant. I was just lucky that that was survival mode built into me to work, mm. and I knew what money was. Yep. You know, whereas now, you know, it's too easily given.
0: Yeah, get for, they don't have to do... I mean, I don't want to start fucking opening a can of worms, but I've seen cases, um, depending on how many kids they got, they get more money. So what do they do? Nine months later after having the first
1: kid... They have another one and another one, and so they just get this. It's almost like an allowance. Yeah, an allowance well, for. I think in the UK, I mean, I could be wrong now, but in the UK, if you had a fucking dog, you got an allowance for the dog. So everybody <laughs> had a dog, you know. So I, I think we, we're we're living in this culture where, unfortunately, the, there's a generation, and it's a bit like going back to my my year at school. Yeah. I went through a, a generation or two, oh, two decade of fuckwits. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying there's people out there are that, but what I'm saying is this: we need to get back to where... Show some respect for yourself, man. Oh, 100%. Get off your ass, get a job, don't matter what it is. You know, if it, it, just get a job and have some respect for yourself and some self-worth, and then we might start being that yeah. change and I, and I say, COVID was a, a prime example. Yep. You know, and, and me and Jacinta, we tried to support... Takeaway business. I mean, i put on ten fucking kilos in that six months because we were eating f- takeaway four nights a week. But our business was doing well, yeah. So we had takeaway, but but I also now um people thought they were going to get that job seeker, whatever it was called, mm. to sit on their ass and do nothing. So many people are saying I am getting paid more, more to do less. You know, so so you know, I don't know how that worked. And I, I, you know, and I think like uh, and and. Politicians never been one of my my strong points, but the you know I remember doing a political thing on my Facebook uh, a few years ago. You you have the say, but even the average dog like me has a say. Hmm. We don't have to keep back to somebody else to chew, it, you know. And yep. that's a bit like at school. I never used to put my hand up, and they said, Elliot, you're not you're not putting your hand up." Well, sorry, miss, it's not fucking hard. I'm not putting my hand up because I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. You know, if I knew the answer put my hand up. Yep, you know. So yeah. Yep. So what don't work is the system, I think.
0: Have you ever had a light bulb moment? And what I mean by that is, they're just a point in time where things just made sense.
1: Um. Yeah, I think uh, probably like I say the last when Ollie came over in two thousand nineteen. Um. I'd seek some professional assistance. We'll we'll put it that way. That's mm-hmm. probably a good way to put it. And. The light bulb moment was what, why did I punish myself for so long why why did i why did i why did I feel the need to punish myself and i 've always been one well, if you do the crime, you do the time, yep. but there was no crime. I just happened to be a vulnerable person that wanted a family, I married the wrong person and got crucified for it and yep. I think you know, when I met Ollie and um, when he came over in two thousand and nineteen something, something definitely broke in me then, and I think that was a release of Guilt. It was a release of 15 years of guilt. So for me, that was a light bulb moment. That was just, I don't know why why I did it. And I think because my dad never showed me any, um, not respect, I, I think because he never showed me uh, to be a man, you know, I I tried to be a man to my son, you know, and the only way I could do that, I couldn't be there with him mm-hmm. because otherwise I'd have still followed domestic violence scene that I'd faced as a kid with my mum and dad. And I didn't want him, and I would never do that. Yep. But they got a point where I got pushed and pushed where I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. So I walked away. But to walk away from him cost me 15 years.
0: What was the first thing you did when you saw him?
1: Um,
0: so he was like an an adult? like
1: Yeah, like I saw him when he was, uh, I think we, we, we came over here 2005. So I saw him when he was 13. I went back for his 13th. Then I went back. I always said I'd go back for his 18th. And then obviously that was all fucked after that, and no con. Well, there was no contact anyway. The only contact there was is when I tried to make contact with with him, for his mum, and um, when he came, because obviously he was twenty, nineteen, going on twenty when he came, here in two thousand nineteen. Yep. And I kept the lawyer's letters. Um, I kept them for fifteen years, and we were sitting in Adelaide a couple of days before he flew out, and he asked to read them. So, um, yeah, when he read them, that, that seemed to have cleared up a lot of stuff. Um, and I think I just want you know, there was a point I just wanted to come over here. But unfortunately, he's going to have to do the, he's going to have to realise, unfortunately, his mum's not the mum that he thinks she is. And yep. he'll learn the hard way. But hopefully he doesn't, doesn't take too much pain. Shit.
0: That's fucking heavy, man.
1: So kids, kids are the. I remember a good friend of mine saying that's your kids will hurt you the most, and he's fucking dead right there. Your kids will hurt you the most.
0: So what does he see in his mum? Like,
1: why is it just well, because
0: that's all he knows?
1: Well, as my my new partner Jacinta said, you know, people can be very manipulative, mm. and obviously she, she manipulated me for for fifteen years. So yeah, um, and at the end of the day, I think boys will always go to their mum. I think yeah, I think boys will always swing to their mum first. Like even my my two kids now. Um me my, my Levi leave he, he's he's mommy's boy, yep, you know, yep it's and, that nurturing nature of a, of a female well, well well that was no different to me too, you know, like uh, um, you know, seeing my dad hit my mum, yep. was not good, you know was not good, and and I think like uh and, and i well, I'd like to think I'm a gentleman, but i I believe you know women of Evolved, and men should respect that you know yep. and I, and I think you know ollie's ollie 's got a way he 's not going to want to hurt his mum, but unfortunately he's well he'd be twenty well he, his birthday's a couple of days after mine, so he'll be twenty three in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and he ain 't learned Yep. so um but but I kind of got to the stage now where we've we've did what we can for him, so he 's either going to have to grow up really quick it's or up. learn the hard way, yeah it's up to him yeah yep. and 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 I think ollie unfortunately ollie's a yeah, he's just gonna to have to learn. He's gonna to have to learn and you can't you can't teach that to someone. No. You, you can try and put them on the right path, but at some point they're gonna to have to learn themselves.
0: Yeah, and it'll have to be like you've said, you've you know, you've you've told him what you can, but it'll come down to an experience that that really like I'm I'm an experienced learner, like I don't know if that's the same as you, but until something happens, you don't see the red flags, if yeah. that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I and I say like, we, we use the terminology without trying to be too dramatic. Um, of all the pain and heartache I've ever been through. Mm. Um, and I've seen some I've seen some but um, that broke me Yeah, you know that broke me
0: has there been something that's changed your mind as you've gotten older or, or have you held a belief and then something's happened to make you make you change that belief
1: uh, only only the fact where I've been too you're too trusting to people yep you know probably, probably only that you know you know, and, and I, I think we mentioned uh, I used to think myself I'm not qualified to yeah. to have an opinion, but yep. i think at forty nine I should be qualified on something you know yeah, yeah. and i i just um the th- yeah the thing that changed is is never assume but but I see some people do some stuff, and I have to sit here for a split second and think, what the fuck possessed you to do that what possessed you to do that mm. you know what justified in your brain? to do that <laughs> you know and yep. and 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 being a big advocate for mental health you know we did the full monthy and that was an amazing journey for the the boys who did that but we we would still look at you know and we talk about suicide and all the rest of it but we all hear about them stories and one of the things i thought about just recently i thought to myself we hear the sad stories of that but i wonder how many people like myself who went to do that mm. What to change their mind at the last minute and that's too late. Yep. Whereas I look at the two incidents I had, thank fuck for me, Malcolm Miles was looking down on me, that just weren't my time to go. You know, and I've I've tried to make the most of that now. And I and I say to other people, and, and we hear this, there might be storm today and it's gonna be sunshine tomorrow, and that's as simple as that. That is, you know, that there is shit days today, but tomorrow is gonna to be better and and you know, somebody's bloody nightmare. Really, is not a nightmare. Generally, it's financial. Generally, yeah. it's money. Yeah. You know, and that might be... I've seen people... Oh, I've seen people pull their out for $200. You know, $200 is the end of the world to them, and that is. Mm. $200 is the end of the world to them, because mm. if you ain't got $200, that is the end of the world. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, just wish things were not quite as hard as they should be, and probably me now, I'm gonna have to look at a reflection in the mirror and just say, look, Z, you know things might be tough today but they're going to get better tomorrow 100% and i mean i
0: haven't i haven't put myself in any i've never had really any suicidal thoughts or anything like that but there's been some times i'm just like why is this happening to me this is so fucking hard to deal with but then you literally just like tell someone like i'm having a shit time i just need some time to myself you go to sleep and you wake up and it's it's never as bad as it was yesterday
1: that's that's um. I mean you know like we said you know we we we, and, and we we shouldn't be afraid to use the word suicide, but that's happening every week oh fucking oath. In Make-Gambia. yep Gambia. Yep. what what frustrates me to be politically correct, I'm led to believe they're not allowed to tell you how many, mm you know, but if they did would maybe wake people up but the oh. the, the people that have unfortunately gone there and and I see it you know the, the we see it. People can't tell me Listen to this today. They don't see it. People know. And, and my philosophy is, even with my own experience, 85% of people really don't give a shit because they're too self in themselves. selves. Mm. you got then 10% of people that think, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it because I think that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's a bit like, you know, that's a bit like they, they walk up to a, a boiling hot pan and they... They half think whether they should touch it to see whether the water's hot, mm. and then you get the people five percent of people like me, and there is people like me who think you know fuck it, if I'm going to make the difference to someone today and I got to burn my hand to it, I'm going to burn my hand. Yep. There's there's you know boom done. Yeah. You know, so um, I just yeah, then there's a yeah, I see it every day. You know, and I think all I'm trying to do now, even for my self worth, I need to do well for me. I need to do well for me, and I need to do well for my family. And I, I need to put them first because if I don't put them first, I can't help somebody else. Yep. If I'm not doing well at work, I can't then put money back into the community. So, so the fact that I've admitted to myself, you know, and I say openly to friends now, I'm looking after me first because mm. I have to right now. Mm. You know, you know, I'm 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 suffering a bit myself. I've got to get myself right first, and then I can help everybody else. There's a
0: saying. I'm probably going to completely butcher this, but there's no. It's something like. Well, there's the saying that um, what is it? You can't pour from an empty cup.
1: Well, that's, is that a bit like the half empty scenario too? Yeah, almost
0: like if you keep giving and giving, and like, say, if you're not filling your cup, say, with the happiness or things that you need to do, say, with your family, business, friends, and stuff like that, and you're just giving and giving and giving, pouring into things that, you know, you're not, you don't have to give. If you're emptying your cup and not filling your cup yeah. at the same time, then yeah. you, when you've got nothing to pour, you're fucked.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think, like, uh, I'll go back to earlier on where we said keeping things simple. The one of the, you know, the kind of light like bulb moments for me recently is all I've ever wanted is home. And I'm forty-nine years of age and I'm really close to it. Like, you know, you know, we're trying to get this place finished off here now and I can taste it for the first time. I drive up that cul de sac, no matter how bad the day is. I got some animals here that love me. Yeah. I got two kids that love me, you know. And I, I just like this whole COVID thing, you know, in the last eighteen months and that has, has brought a lot of home truth, But I'm saying to people today, for fuck's sake, we are locked down. We're still working. We can wipe our because We can buy some toilet paper at the minute. <laughs>
0: yeah. We 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 should be grateful for that. People we are sh- never grateful for what they've got though.
1: So so for me, and I'm I'm not saying we're 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 doing all right. Thank God, for whoever's looking out after them. We have got some lovely clients and whatnot, and. Same again, we're, we're doing well, so we can obviously put some money back in the community. Mm-hmm. And that's all lovely. But right now, I publicly have announced it after we did the full Monty. I've got to look after myself because all I want is home. And I'm, I'm nearly. You're tasting there. it. I'm tasting it. I can taste it, you know. I'll get yep. my driveway finished and I'm there. It's funny around for a beer. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Funny enough, the next question is Has there ever been a
0: time you were actually thankful that this pandemic happened?
1: Um. Whew. um, the weird thing is work wise we're all busy in Mount Gambia. You know, the economy seems to be really good mm. so so um' in a in a funny way, I can't believe how well we well we' we we we've all done well in the last twelve months, we've all done well, every builder in make Gambia well builders, bloody you know Bannons, everyone, everyone's yeah, done well, trades and stuff everyone yeah, yeah every yeah. there's not farmers, everyone's done well, the weather's been good, everyone's done well so It's ironic that we've all done well in such a biggest crisis. (laughs) Yeah. But I also had the pain where, because we do work in Victoria, I had three families. One, one in particular that we couldn't get their house finished, Mm. and probably took four months longer than we should have done, and that that was not nice. I, I I went to bed every night with that, not knowing you know they were paying rent. And a mortgage because obviously they were drawn down their loan on their home loan, and we just physically could not get the boys over there to get the job done and that's the hardest thing in my working career and, and i used I nearly used the terminology that that nearly broke me last year, but I've had worse things, but mentally to know that we couldn't get them families in their house, their home didn't sit well yep. didn't sit well, so there was a lot of hours behind the scenes trying to trying to do that so i I've had Mixed emotions with you know yes been really good in one sense, but there is people out there suffering and I, and I think we 're only just scratching ourselves, I think, because of the way the economy is and everything, and that 's beyond my control, you know i can 't control it, I think we 're in for some rocky times ahead
0: i think yeah the, the
1: this is definitely the eye of the
0: storm, I think yeah. personally yeah um I think we're and I think I was saying I was reading something that people that access their super. When you could were able to access their super, if they took that 10K, there's something like $112,000 worth yeah. in the future. Yeah. And that's, that's a, f- like you're saying, if people are needing 200 bucks, <laughs> one hundred and twelve grand just to get 10 grand.
1: like Well, well, well I don't know if you know anyone because I'm not that sort of smarty, but I, I don't know of anyone that, who used their super because they couldn't afford to pay their rent or their mortgage. They were using the super to buy things they really didn't need.
0: Yeah, it was just materialistic shit. It's like, hey, I can get ten grand. Yeah, like and like they just don't see the power of super. Like,
1: so, yeah. So, 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 I look at that now. At forty nine, I've I've almost left it too late. So I'm I'm all about the next ten years. Mm. <laughs> mm. What's
0: something you think everyone should try at least once?
1: Uh, what once in their lifetime? Yeah. Or, um, what should everyone try? Well, I think everyone's got a bucket list everyone's got a bucket list of something that they want to do. What's on yours? Um, I've only got one more left, actually.
0: One more thing to tick off? I've yeah. got
1: one more thing to tick off, and that should have happened in October, but because of COVID, that didn't. So um, I think being as... I will not say dumb, because I'm probably... I shouldn't keep using the word dumb. Uh, it's probably a bit harsh on myself. But I think during the, the life I've had... Um, I've used music to get me to get me through. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the age of five, I could probably sing a dozen or more Elvis Presley songs. You know, <laughs> yeah, the King. So, um, and I remember the lyrics, the lyrics to, to words. You mm. know, I remember um, several of Elvis Presley songs, um, and and I used to really get involved in the lyrics. So, I've used music to relax. And um, not that I'm going to name drop, but um, I struggled. I struggled for a period of time when I was in Mount Gambia. And I started to go out. And that was when the like the pop-up bar, I think when Canaro did the pop-up bar, oh, one yeah. of the first pop-up bars, was when I first met Ben Hood. Oh. And I used to love just sitting there. You know, Jacinta used to do a bit and just plop me there with a beer in my hand. And I used to just sit there and listen to the music. So on my bucket list. I've used music to get me through some really bad times. And on my bucket list, you're gonna laugh at this. I'm ready. Rod Stewart. Really? Really easy. The last one I'll be back because I can't go and see Elvis Presley because yeah, he's actually yeah, yeah. not. So, I've I've been the Robbie Williams and the Michael Bublé and yep. Elton John's, but yep. um, so yeah, last Rod year. Rod Stewart. Last year on my bucket list was Rod Stewart. mm mm-hmm. And just got us got some uh, tickets somewhere near Geelong or something where you know you get a meal and you know. Yep. But they got cancelled. So yeah, that's 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 the last thing. Other than that other than just getting this bloody ace finished. Yep. Did uh, you know
0: if he's coming back any time to, Like, Has he announced anything?
1: Uh, well, I think that's meant to be, that was meant to be next year, but that'll be subject to COVID again, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, oh, fuck. If he fucking need to hurry up and happen, because he's getting old, so, <laughs> he he so I might not get to see him. Might have to ask for a refund. <laughs> 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 All right. Can of worms questions. Yep. Do you think boys and girls are equal? Uh, No. I actually think if I... Because uh, I did... Uh, I did think about this question earlier because mm-hmm. I'd heard this on the other podcast, and I and I think uh, really I think women are better than men, really, because we yeah. we fucking moan a fair bit, <laughs> 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 and 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 when I when I look at my career, I've been very fortunate enough. I've worked with some amazing ladies, yep. like you know some of them have mothered me, you know, which has been really nice. Um, I think I've probably had more influence in my life with female colleagues or working companions and friends than I ever had in um, male side. And even even we talked about earlier on going back to Australia, um, seeing a, a friend in Adelaide, Tammy, and seeing her face off the plane. I'd known her since I was 16. So she'd seen all the bullshit I'd gone through, and my marriage and we work career and stuff like that. And to walk through the old airport, of Adelaide, mm. and see her, and I'd known her since sixteen, was pretty amazing. It Was pretty amazing. So I think I think if I had to be, whether you say workforce or whatever, I think I think women are superior than men because we we do a lot of talking and sometimes little action, whereas whereas ladies are just they just get on and do it. You know, they you know I, I look at just in the bless her, I couldn't do what she does. Yep. All I do, if I'm selfish, is I get up whenever I can get out of bed in the morning. I go to work until I physically can't do no more, than I come home. So if if she didn't control me, I I couldn't do. I couldn't tell you about her kids' school fees or the yep. fucking mortgage and all that because I ain't capable of doing it. So I, I think I think women are women are better. If we had if we had you look at mate Gambier, there some amazing. Women in Make Yeah. and I'm not saying that because obviously women in business and all the rest of it. But statistically, I think women women are more consistent, yep, more reliable. I think, yep.
0: What do you think people are doing wrong in their day to day life? So, what are they? What are they just not doing?
1: Um, I think I think going back to my, my, even what I said earlier, I think they're not. They're not putting themselves first. They're not, you know, whether you know whether we think we're big toughy men and we gotta provide for the family, and you know we can't show our emotions. Uh, same with the females. Same with the kids. I think we're we're not putting ourselves first. Yep. We're not saying you know that's okay to put ourselves first. Isn't it weird the word
0: selfish has the word self in it? Like, I think when I and mean, when people say you're being selfish, I I like you've just said I think you've got to if you're not operating. At 100%, then how are you going to, like, give yourself at 100%,
1: if that makes sense? See, and to simplify that, and that's funny how you just said that, selfish, like that word, you know, that word, That, that like, I don't like that word, selfish. Mm-hmm. But, And I used to think to myself, God, I don't want to be selfish. Mm. But then I, I, I've just even even as much in the last month or so, I think there's a difference between being selfish mm-hmm. to self-worth. Yeah. So, so I, I got... I think I got a little bit of a sort of, well, you're a bit selfish. Then I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. Now, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to put myself first and get myself first right. Yeah. Then I can help you. Yeah. Whereas if I don't do this first, you're just draining me. 100%. So so I think there's that, that, that balance between the word selfish and self worth. Now, selfish to me is if we're sitting here and I've got a nice warm jacket and you're cold, mm. well, I'd be selfish if I didn't give you my jacket. Mm. But mm. if I was also cold, my self worth would say to me, "Well, I'm just going to warm myself up for five minutes, and then I'll give you five minutes." Yep. So, so that's the, That's the That's probably the thought of the week for me. That word, selfish to self worth. It's
0: it's it's a really interesting word, and I'll, I'm I'm going to touch on it a little bit more. So, especially with like saying selfish, if you like people, if they want you, if they want you and your services or whatever they want you for, they want to like I'm going to air quote here use you, but you can't. People think it's wrong or selfish. Air quote again to take care of yourself first.
1: That's fucking stupid. But 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 I think that's that's where we are at the minute. Yeah. I, th- I think people are thinking somebody's selfish. Mm. But they need to just think to Well, is he doing it to, or she, he, girl, boy, whatever, doing it just to get where they need to get, and then they're gonna the look at that. So I, yeah, I think like I say, the every, I think you know, there's so many people. Including, you know, oh, I see it every day. I think, you know, we just got to look at the word between self-worth and selfish. Mm. You know, and and I and I think at the minute, um, I I don't think people can tell the difference. Some people can't tell the difference. No,
0: it's it's a very blurry line. I think. What do you think people are overlooking? So, what are they not doing enough of?
1: I think they're not looking. They're not. They're not looking past their hair. They're not. They're not looking, you know, having a broader picture because, we, you know, whether it's families, friends, colleagues, and stuff like that, you know, everybody's doing it tough at the minute. Mm. You know, stop thinking you're fucking in an exclusive club, and you're the only <laughs> yeah. one doing it tough. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing it tough, yeah. and and just because you're a business owner, um, everybody think, oh, fucking, he's a business or she's a business owner. Mm. And they're not doing it tough. Well, I know some some people in the hospitality industry. Mm. I've seen them. I've seen a particular lady where she gives and gives to this community and I could, I could look at her across the room and during this whole bloody COVID thing, she was broken. Yeah. Broken that she's not known if she can pay her staff. And we're, you know, we're the same. Me, me and my wife would be the same. Our, our, our pride is paying our staff. So, mm. so I think at the minute people just need to take a deep breath. I heard it today. Oh, fucking hell, You know COVID, this, we can't go to Queensland. Is that the end of the world? Not the end of the world today there's there's people in melbourne that ain't getting paid yeah so so i think we just need to take a deep breath we're in uncertain times and i would say give a bit more love you know i'm not a hippie or anything like that but we just got a compassion is that a word yeah you know i think we just got to just oh, just just take a deep breath yep take a deep breath i like that answer
0: who do you look up to
1: Ooh, who do i look up to i um, you mean as a a role model.
0: You can take and run with it.
1: Um, well, for, for a kid, for years, I used to look up to Elvis Presley. Bless him. But um, I think um, there's a couple of people in my life that uh, Malcolm Morris, you know, he was like my, my granddad, my dad, my best mate, all rolled up. So that long story, so that'd be my nanny's boyfriend. Yep. So um, I used to look up to him all all my life. You know, I've looked up to him, obviously, when he passed away. Um but I got a certain I've got a couple of friends that have really had my back you know in times of tough. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're from the UK so I've looked up to them they they welcomed me into their family. And um and they just took me for what I was. They didn't they didn't they didn't embrace me for money or what I could give them because at a certain point I couldn't give them anything. Yeah. All I really gave them was my friendship. Yeah. So um, I got a little secret wish in the back of my brain. If I can get to my fiftieth and we're not in lockdown and financially I'm alright, I, I want to pay for them to come over for my fiftieth. Oh
0: wow, that'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: So I look up to I look up to them um, because they were good friends.
0: Awesome, awesome. Here's a
1: deep one. Uh, tell me about your biggest setback. <sighs> I think the the. As a personal thing, you mean growing up, or you can anything again,
0: take it, take and run with it.
1: Um, biggest setback. I, th- I think, for me, wearing my heart on my sleeve has after been my biggest setback for me. Is I think about when something's hurt me. Yeah, you know, and um, I, oh yeah, I just I remember my dad, just being a, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he'll ever realise the effects he's done to me because he was the same, you know, like he's one of these people that I'd say he's, I'd put him in the selfish bracket, bless him. We're we're talking now, but he, he would get the fucking hat for being selfish. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But I think um, the whole thing for me was, was, was Holly bless him. You know, that's, that's been one of the, the, I think even to this day, that's been one of my biggest setbacks is losing him. And people say you didn't lose him. 'Cause he's still here but but he weren't in my life every day. Yeah. You know, and I and I same thing again about taking it for granted. Don't take it for granted going on to your kids. So I think my biggest setback for me and I'm still battling with it, is the the and I can never I can't change it and and since always saying, Look at what we got now with the two kids and stuff like that but unless you've been in that situation there's a there's a part of me and my life and my heart that got taken away for no reason. Mm. So for me, that's probably the biggest setback.
0: What have you learnt from that?
1: Um, what have I learnt from that? That well, I'm a tough old bugger. <laughs> yeah, I certainly learnt that. Like, uh, you know, I've been on me, I've been on my knees a few times. Um, so what I've learnt from it is, you can love somebody as much as you want to love them, but they might might not like to love you back the same. Yep.
0: That's fucking brutal, isn't it? It's not fair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't take too kindly to the old uh you know when uh, certain people play play the victim, you know, don't use your kids as a bullet, oh. you know, let kids be kids. And I think, you know, if I could ever wish something to, I me, mean, just I wish someone would have just let me I never had the opportunity to be a kid. Yeah. You know, and uh, I wish I yeah, I wish I knew what that was like as a kid just to go to sleep. And only worry about, you know, waking up in the morning and what you're going to have for breakfast. But oh. Brutal, that's a big word. Brutal. 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 Yeah. Is that an Australian word, brutal? Oh, I've got no idea. I like <laughs> yeah. it, it, it.
0: It's The more you think about how it sounds, it, it it like almost rolls from the back to the front, like brutal. Brutal. It's just heavy, a heavy word, I think.
1: That's um, If I ever get the chance to listen, to this, this is probably the least time in the space of half an hour that I haven't swore as much as I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it a bit more upbeat. What excites you? Um, making people laugh. I, I like to see join other people, mm-hmm. and um, and like I say, you know, there's some fellow podcast members that have, have done this with you, and I, I love making people laugh. Yep, yep. I if I uh, I think uh, when I look back, I think I was thinking about some of these, you know, what we were going to talk about and stuff tonight, and I think if someone had said to me, "What did you want to be as a kid?" Mm. would have been a guitar player or a comedian. Yeah? You know, there was never never any really thought that I was going to be an electrician or a fucking doctor or anything like that, you know. And I always, I always jokingly say, if, you know, if if someone, if I could play the guitar like Ben Hood and thing like that, you think I'd be a fucking builder? No, I wouldn't. I'd get a guitar on my head.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Well, so do you have a, is there like a, do you have a go-to joke or is it just mainly... Just l- l- hearing people laugh brings joy and excitement.
1: Um, no, yeah, I mean, like, ah, um, oh, I, I think like uh, I've probably backed off a little bit, but I think I'm always trying to be the larrikin. Yep. You know, I'm always trying to make someone laugh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and I think I don't know, wit- witness. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, witty, yeah. Just j- just because um, some of the things that people say. Mm i'm quick off the sponsor with an answer off the coffee yeah yeah. you know and um they just don't come out i think that you know the brain there's no filter yeah you know i've got no filter i never mean to offend anyone and i'm the first if i did offend someone i'd be heartbroken i'd I'd be like fuck you know i really didn't want to offend you Mm. um but i do i do love to see people laugh i really do i I enjoy it you know And, and the full monty was an example yeah, you know, people have asked us time time again. Oh, you know, what did you, what did you think when you got up there and you, whipped the hat off? I said from day one. I said, mate, Gambia, here I am. <laughs> Fucking take me or leave me. You know, that's it. I really didn't give a flying rat's ass that I had a piece of dick flinging around. And <laughs> and if you were there on the night and I got so wrapped up in my trousers, I panicked. And then um, we all laugh about it now. Is um. I actually forgot to actually put the hand once I ripped the trousers off. Oh, beautiful. I actually forgot to put the hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love I love I love seeing people laugh. Oh, that's awesome. That's
0: so good. What's an unpopular opinion you have?
1: Unpopular opinion. Yeah. Ooh. Um Ooh, unpopular opinion. I think uh one that's never, never, which is such a simple one. One that's never gone down too well, and Jacinta's always kicking me on the table. But fucking, we go out sometimes. I got to have ankle pads on my my ankle stop me kicking me. But I think one of the one of the unpopular opinions I've had is, uh, especially on some of the local sporting.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I generally don't believe uh, an entry level sport that people should get paid for. It. Yeah, I that 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 doesn't go down too well when I've said that in the past. But I think, uh, and I just yeah, I I just and and that's that's no different to even like uh, you know when you get to the higher higher end of the game, um, an average working man in the UK can't take his lad or his daughter or his family to go and see a football match because it's out their price range. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, yeah, I I I just struggle when yeah I think yeah that. To just struggle with the whole concept. Someone can get paid that much money for doing an amateur sport. Wow, I've
0: never thought of that. I I I wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah. In my in my cycling career, you know, I would never leave my club to go to another club because there was fifty dollars. Because the yep. there was fifty dollars worth of you know I and and I think uh, and and that is that's the culture. That is the culture. You know, that doesn't happen in in some of the other sports. Um, and that is the culture, but I think unfortunately, that culture is going to change in the in the foreseeable future with the climate being uncertain like it is. I think that culture will change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm all about the passion. Yeah. Play play for the club for the shirt at that league, you know, at that level. Yep. Rather than the dollars that you're going to get in your yeah, hand. At pay the pay Yeah. Yep. 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 Do you read? What do you reckon? I'm going to say no. I've only read two books ever yeah. from start to finish in my whole life do you remember what they are? yes what are they? I've got two rhino books which is a black and white cover and that's basically that you're a rhino and you've got to lay in the mud and you've got to charge and I've only ever lent them books out to one two people and they're the only two books I can honestly say in my whole school life that I've actually read from start to finish wow and they're sitting in my wardrobe I think I think I lent them to someone but I think they're back in my wardrobe now they're the only two books I've ever read start to finish and I've not even done porno magazines from start to finish, so just to clarify that you finished right. Don't worry about that. <laughs> what do you generally
0: not understand?
1: Uh, a lot of things, protocol. Yep. Um, uh, systems, you know, like uh, um, my wife is better at it than me, but um, I've, I've, you, you'll never see me on a board or a committee. Okay. Yep. I just I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get the, you know the the A to the Z. I'm a, I'm a bit sort of A. We'll worry about B, C, D, and E, and then we'll get to where we need to get to. So yeah, I uh, I'm not I'm not good at systems. I think is that the word? Yeah, probably systems. Are not good at it.
0: Is it just because there's so many opposing views, or it's just
1: like uh-uh. um, I. That's a bit like I think. I think that's a bit like uh, Chinese whispers or the Seven Dwarfs. Ah, uh, okay. Fuck, you know the first two people have got it right. By the time it gets to the seven people, it's shit show. And 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 I've gone to some 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 lately, and and really, what could be done in half an hour, mm. you're still talking about it two weeks later. Yep. Yeah. So so I've made a pat to myself. Um, you'll never you'll never see Elliot on any committee, yeah, or boards or and even clubs you know a club I'm, I'm happy to do whatever my kids are involved I'm I'm happy to do what I do mm-hmm. but I don't want to be like me yep you know I, I just want to do what I want to do I won't say I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it but I do what I do because I enjoy doing it yeah I don't need an agenda to tell me where I need to be yep I get you tell me about your biggest loss Uh. <sighs> Like you know oh, well is so that could you mean like human being loss? If that's
0: if you can take it. That
1: um, way. M- m- definitely my Uncle Mars was a big loss. And um the feeling of loss anyway, the feeling of loss. And I had an old Labrador when I lost her. You know, they were they were big moments that definitely affected me. Mm-hmm. Definitely affected me overnight. Same thing again, I waited fifteen years for to get her ashes. So uh, 15 years later, i got her ashes sitting in my house, now ready to bury under a tree when I plant one. So I had to wait 15 years to get me dog's ashes. Wow. <laughs> 15 bloody years. So, how, long,
0: um, how long did... Uh, like, was this dog... like? You had it in
1: Australia, yeah? Uh, no, back in England. Back yeah. in England. So when I went back in uh, to see Ollie on his 21st, he managed to get her for me. And um, I had a shit fight getting her back home on the plane. <sighs> Coming through... Um, Royal, Royal Brunei, They Then they don't like dog ashes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now no, yeah, yeah, definitely. like say so. I look back as a loss, as you know, where I felt lost mm-hmm. was them them two occasions.
0: How long was the? What was the dog's name? If you Susie.
1: Name? How long was how old was so, Susie? Susie. I had a uh, oh, fourteen years. Wow. Okay. Uh, fourteen years. So yep. so same thing again. A bit like this one out here. Like you know, she would have seen some horror horror courting days we in the bedroom that's for certain <laughs> so if, I always say I laugh about it if the horse here could talk yeah. and me dog before could talk yep. they could probably write the book <laughs> that'd be the third book I'd read yes. <laughs> there we go what's the best compliment you've ever received I never used to I never used to think this sort of compliments but um, and because I did sort of have a sneaky preview of some of your questions recently um, I work with a person, mm-hmm. and we had a tearful moment, mm-hmm. and she looked me at it and said, "What's well?" I think what she said to me, now, She said something like, "She said you've got such a beautiful soul," and that was that. That that she got me for that yep. for that for that two seconds. That was like, "Oh, out," you know, Adam's. That yeah. was like, oh, "He got me, he <laughs> yep. got me." So yep. yeah, so that was. Other than that, I've not had too many. I've had some fairly insults. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um... And do, you I f-
0: feel, do you feel weird getting complimented? Like, do you just feel like... Do you, are you one of those that brush it off, like, saying, oh, nah, or it's, like, no problem, or, you know what I mean? Or are you one of the when, when When this person said what they said, that you have a kind soul, you've got a beautiful soul, did you say thank you?
1: Um, I actually... Because no, I'm not normally quiet.
0: But I, like quiet.
1: I, I think for, you know, for that split 10 seconds, I, I couldn't... I was like... She, she really touched me. That really touched me. She, she made me like, prickle up. You know, you know when you fit a bit like a couple of conversations we've had here today. You know, there's that couple of moments there when mm. you prickle up. She, mm. she, she prickled me up, and I, and I kind of thought, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. Oh, that's awesome. I can't, I can't change. Well, I'm too fucking old now to change. But, uh, well, they say you're never too old to change, but I am. I, I don't want to change. I, I, I think where I'm at now, I'm comfortable in the body I am. Mm-hmm. I just got to get myself right health wise to to get me through the next chapter, yep. you know? And I certainly don't want the next two decades being like some of the decades I've just experienced. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so that was, uh, that gave me a bit of hope, actually. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it gave me a bit of hope, you know? That was, uh, we had a little cuddle and a little teary moment there, and uh, you see the lovely lady, and that that was uh, probably, that, that was only really probably four or five weeks ago, that was, at that time, was really appreciated. So a beautiful soul. I haven't looked it up in Google yet to actually see what the definition is. <laughs> That'd be that is. a big picture of you, Matter. <laughs> this has been a fantastic chat. I've really enjoyed this. Is there anything
0: else you wanted me to ask you, but I did not?
1: Um Not really. No no. I mean there's there's so many things after an event that you think about and that you wish you would have said and stuff like that, but um I just take each day as it comes, though. So I mean, even even with yourself, like I've obviously learnt a lot about you in the last couple of weeks, mm, mm. and um, and you were captivating in the whole thing. So I I think a credit to yourself. Oh, awesome. And um, there was a point I thought, well, I've probably got nothing to add, but you know, listening to the couple of podcasts that you did that you did, I, I can see that you know you're you're probably one of these ones, as little as that may be, you're trying to make a change and. And I probably should thank you for that.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Is there anything you want to ask me?
1: Um, yeah, what's what's been your toughest moment in your life? Ooh.
0: There's two that really stand out for me thus far. And I'd say the first one was uh, being raised by a single parent as well. Um, I remember when my dad left, it was just, he was abusive. Mums told me, of times when we'd be at school and she couldn't go to work because she was like had too much anxiety and she'd be laying in the middle, middle of the lounge room floor. And my dad would be like stomping around the house saying, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, when you hear that from your mum, that's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I really don't like, which is probably going to sound, uh, I don't know how you might take this. I hate owning a house.
1: The responsibility of it?
0: I feel anchored. And I want to go do stuff. But then on the opposite hand, like, because I I love travelling, I love seeing, I love talking, I love meeting, I love eating, I love that whole experience of life. And not to blame COVID, but I can't travel. Yeah. And when I was, I was over in America two years ago and I would have stayed there if I didn't have a mortgage to pay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I just feel like that's an opportunity that I miss. But then I guess I look at it the other hand I it's like, I met my partner now and she's fucking amazing. So but there's just, I guess it's those Woodovs haves but I just I just don't like owning it it's not for me. Not for you? No. Yeah. And people look at me like oh you're like you know you like why do not you like know? it's like I just want to go I don't want to be it's not that I'm tied down people say oh, I've rented it out and stuff like that but it's like I've almost got an attachment to it as well because I've I've worked hard to get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's that's the biggest thing that's like a, a storm in my head so yeah owning a house and yeah just just the whole, like, being raised by a, a mum and trying to find myself as a man, I thought was a really, really hard thing to do. So how old were you we there? So my dad left, or well, mum kicked him out. I remember it perfectly. We had fish and chips for tea, and mum just bought these brand-new, like, um, dinnerware. Yeah. And he was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, he was a really aggressive person.
1: So is just verbally abusive or physically? Uh, no, both. Yeah.
0: Both. Um. And he just threw the plates on the ground and smashed all of them, and we just stood behind Mum, and we were just like, get out yeah. like, um and that's when I was I think I was five or six, yeah, I was still very, very young um and then like i have I've done an episode on it, which is like my father's childhood, but then yeah, I, I rarely saw him, and when we had to go like my my sister competitively danced and Mum couldn't afford to take my brother as well as me to go yeah. wherever we had to go, so it would just be um, my mum and my sister would go over to Warrnambool or Geelong or Adelaide or whatever to compete, yeah. and we had to go stay with dad, and it was shit. Yeah, yeah, I fucking hated it. Yeah, but we had. I, I look at it now, it's like there's no other choice. Like I wanted, like I didn't want my sister to not dance because she was really, really good at it. Um, and it's like you know, do you, you talk to dad now? Uh, I do, um, but I I don't have any connection to him, I just see him as another person. Yeah, I'm probably the same. I feel like he didn't serve me as a father. Yeah. And I know that sounds really bad, but he didn't, like, there's nothing I learnt from him. I learnt more from my friends' dads when I was growing up, or, like, especially when I went to uni, like, the the older boys that were in, like, my courses and stuff, but other than that, I don't feel like he did anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was just... He was just a piece of shit.
1: And, and, and like, like, like myself, you know, how many more kids out there now? And, and we've obviously turned out A-OK. Yeah. But you know as well as I do, there's kids out there who ain't going to turn out A-OK. No. Because they just need that... Like, they don't need a father feeling, though. They just need someone to just say, oh, you know, come on, mm. get your chin up, mm. sort your shit out, mm. you know. And um, and even to this day, and, and that won't change... Um, your mum and dad's had an effect on you. Mine's similar, you yeah. know. Like I say, say, um, you know, my my household, when they were together, was like a boxing ring, mm. you know. Um, if there was ever a police car or a right van going to come up the street, that was going to be at my house, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, been there and done that. So, yeah, does that affect you now then? Or you just let uh, it go?
0: I think, I think it did. And I think there was just so many answers that I wanted to know. But I had a really good conversation with mum about, like, the whole like, how she felt, like, she went and saw, like, a, a psychiatrist and stuff like that. She turned, like, she got bulimic and anorexic and all that sort of stuff. And it's, I just, I I live day to day now knowing, like, <clears throat> I don't want my mum to ever feel shit. Yeah. yeah. Because, and, like, I, I can never leave the house angry or leave a conversation that I've had with mum and, Still feel upset, Because like, yeah. she's been through it all. Yeah, she doesn't need that. Not yeah. now. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it affected me, especially like yeah. I just I don't I don't I don't need my dad because I think I've I'm I've, like I know the characteristics I need to be to be successful. Yeah. Um, and I think like you were saying, I think it's fucking hard for for a broken home, like a, a a boy or a girl, but I think especially a male, to really, what's the word I'm looking for, become a man, like I, I think males have to provide, Yeah, that's what I think a male's role is, and if they don't have the skills or they haven't learnt it from a male role model or a dad or anything like that, they're just going to sit at home and do fuck all.
1: And, and I think like, um, have you ever had any counselling for your stuff? No, I haven't no. So so I, I had it a couple of times when I was in the UK and obviously when Ollie came over, or just before Ollie came over, I was struggling. I was struggling just uh, um I don't wanna I don't wanna keep going back and remembering all the shit times. Mm. I you know, I, I accept they are what they are mm. and I and I just feel like I just I wanna just live life for what life is now. Yep. And um I was at a women in business event and I met a young lady who lives in Mount Gambia. And it's called havening. Okay. Which is kind of therapy, I think. Um, but I had a a time where um I went to see her. And that's 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 changed me in the fact that that's enabled me to deal with the shit. Yep. Almost put like a, a line in it and just accept it for what it is. And the one word she used to use is that the amount of trauma that yep. I've suffered, and I couldn't see it. I yep. couldn't see it. And I remember going to the another thing with the women in business at the town hall where a few years ago, domestic violence lady, and I can't remember, I don't know, was it Batty? Um, where her husband went on the cricket pit and killed their son. And she was doing the talk about that, and she's an advocate now for domestic violence and all the rest of it, and, you know, very brave woman. But I remember her saying something about, um, don't be ashamed to say you're a victim. And for the first time ever in my life, I wanted to stand up and put my hand up and say, I think I'm a victim. Because I've seen the domestic violence. I've seen my mum take an overdose. I've had to fucking pick my mum up when she's got slit wrists. You know, this is at the age of five. I've seen my dad use my mum like a punch bag. Jesus Christ. And um, I think going to this Haven thing that I went to a couple of years ago, and I'd probably need a top-up, but... Um, that made me, I think that made me get rid of the the mental side of it. Mm-hmm. But it's only now I realise the physical side that's had. Yep. I didn't really appreciate the physical, I wouldn't say hurt. I mean, I've had it, I've, I've felt that that way, you know, before where, where you feel like your arms out was going to pop out because you really want to cry, but you can't. Yep. But um, to be in the position I'm in now, even with the whole COVID thing and Ollie and all the rest of it. Um, I'm fucking really grateful. I'm just really, I keep looking at my uncle Morris up there and I just, I, I feel I feel grateful even even to the fact that i I got to get my wedding ring re, resized because obviously that was getting too tight but his wedding ring was melted down and put in my wedding ring. Oh, wow. And since I've not added on, I actually feel like part of me has lost a little bit <sighs> so I need to get that back on, you yeah. know. That, that, that I used to be able to feel him. Yeah. Whereas um so I need to get to the back and and even, you know, there's something as simple as this bloody Phil Riley bracelet. That keeps me grounded. I look at that every day and I think, fuck, i just gotta keep doing what I gotta do to get home.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, and all that all that domestic violence stuff and you know and even what you I think, you know, there's so many boys like me and you mm. have seen that. Yeah. And they're still there. They're still it's happening still today. Happening. Yeah, it's still I, fucking happening. And you know
0: I mean not to not to shine light but I've in my teaching career I've, I've reported like kids being like abused
1: yeah yeah.
0: it's not it's like you said it almost goes back to the statistic of of suicide but it's not uncommon
1: like I, I couldn't I can honestly tell you as a human being if I I couldn't be a teacher because if I knew the dad <laughs> or the mum was knocking the kid around fuck I'd take I'd take things at me on hands. Yeah. and that's and that's probably why I always say, you know, fucking my slogan would be, vote for me. <laughs> I, I might only last two weeks, but what a fucking two weeks we're going to have, you yeah. know, because I, I can't stand the bullshit.
0: There's a lot of it.
1: I can't stand the bullshit. And and, 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 and really, like, I try to change a little bit with the full motley. Um, and all I was saying, the full motley, there's... You see me out in the street, and you see me running Blue light Gums and that, and I'm always the fucking Larrigan. But I'll fucking come on here where the only fucking person who'll listen to me is that fucking horse over there on the fence, you know? (laughs) And I I swear to God we got a bond. I swear to God me and that fucking horse there, got. she knows exactly what I'm saying to her, Yeah, you know? And, I, yeah, you just, there's got to be somewhere. See, as a kid, I never could go home, and I think that's where my sleeping started. I could never put my head down as a kid, because for a lot of years my dad weren't with us, but when he was with us, and um, I think he went with us up until I was about five. And then I think when his business all went up the fucking tit shape, he'd come back when I was about ten. But that, that, that four years when I remember him being at um, you couldn't put your fucking head down on the pillar, going to sleep and couldn't guarantee that the cops weren't going to turn up.
0: Jesus Christ. Because
1: my mum would be drinking and my mum was an aggressive drunk. Mm-hmm. My dad was a friendly drunk. But he would come on being friendly and she'd be drunk and she'd be aggressive and the two combinations would never work together. But the saddest thing probably is a father-and-son relationship, which I'd fucking God forbid my boy ever did that to me. The, you know, I've seen my dad punch my mum. I've seen him kick my fucking dog. And I think that I probably would have been about 16, I think. And there was a right van. A right van got called to my house to split me and my dad up. You know, and I would have just kept fucking bolting him. You know, I, I remember... I would have been 17 because I had the van. I had the works van. I, I weren't living at home. My sister rung me and obviously said that they'd had an altercation. And I went round and, fuck, my mum's face was out here. And I'd seen it before. But going back to the, um, even going back to the Havenland thing, I remember having one session and she took me back in time. Now, have you ever done that?
0: No. Fucking
1: no. hell, man, that's some scary shit. That is what your brain has actually blocked out. And I came out this session, and, and more often than not, in the what I call the, the heavy stuff, um I'd cry. I'd I'd leave I'd leave her house, I'd pull up on the highway someone, oh, I'd fucking ball. I'd just ball. And for a new reason, I'd just ball. And and Sint obviously now you know, she she knew I couldn't come on because I didn't want the kids seeing me like that, mm. they they don't know. But mm. Sint had obviously said that I was having issues and because of the sake of my family, I didn't I didn't wanna fuck I didn't want to go for another divorce, you know yeah, what I mean. Do you bring it there? Yep, yep, yep. But I remember having this haven session and um I fucking I'm a, I am would have been a five, six-year-old kid and there was a big wall. And all I could remember was this big house and this big wall and all these kids were getting over the wall but I was too short and I couldn't get over the wall. And that fucking... Then I could see my, my sister and then I remember going into this big house and there's this big kitchen and I can see my mum and I can see my sister there and I'm thinking, what the fuck is that about? And um, during the session I said, fuck, I said, I think I've been in a fucking home. So fucking anyway, so I get out of there and I'm thinking to myself. Well, my sister was a bit older than me; she was my stepsister. Mm. So um, I'm thinking to myself. Well, fuck it. I'm either gone completely mad or I'm going to have to find out whether this was the case. Yeah. So I ring my sister up. You know, this was, I had to wait till the time difference. So that would have been like one o'clock in the morning or whatever. She was coming. From. I said, "Maryanne, I said, I gotta, I gotta ask you, because I knew obviously the domestic violence between my mum and dad I always knew that. You know, I can remember fucking more times I got fingers." But um I said to my sister, I said, Fuck I said, when I was about five or six, I said, Well we put in a fucking home. And she went dead quiet. And she said, What what's made you bring that up? I said, Well, I'm having some counselling, some havening. And I said, just to obviously get myself fucking sorted out. I said and this has come up, I said, just out of fucking nowhere today And she went, Yeah. I went, What do you mean, yeah? She said, Well, obviously dad had beat my mum up and back in them days, um, there was women's refuge. I don't know if they, they probably still is. Yeah,
0: yeah something similar, yeah.
1: So, so, fucking long story short, we'd end up fucking going to this fucking women's refuge. And I'd obviously blocked that in my mind. Well, I was, well this was only fucking... This was only 18 months ago. So I'd blocked that in my mind for 35 years. Jesus you know? and Christ. And all, all of a sudden, from nowhere, that comes up. So my sister says... She says, yes, we were... Well, a couple of weeks, we were there, you know, because obviously my dad had knocked my mum about. My mum had obviously... Gone there, they put you there. So two weeks, and, and I remember, I remember coming back on the train, and my dad picked us up from the station. So, you know, we hold on. You know, similar to what you probably do too. We hold on to these bloody, um I don't know if they're memories or ever. Well, I think it's trauma. I think it's trauma. It, we, yeah. we we hold on to the trauma, and. Like I say, I don't take for granted I get up in the morning at the minute and I don't fucking take for granted that I've finally I got some help eighteen months ago where I can talk about that name with no emotions, I can talk about Ollie with no emotions, mm. but there's times where someone mentions Ollie's name and fuck me, I po you know, I couldn't even contain I couldn't even make a conversation. Yeah. And I and I think I've accepted the fact where I used to blame myself, you know. Um you know, like I never cheated on on my first wife, she just didn't want me. And um, I've never been disloyal. I've never done the fucking ring, wrong thing by people, but I've had a lot of people do the wrong thing by mm. me. You know, and I think, you know, going back to what we said earlier on our uh, self worth, I've got to, I'm at the point now where I'm trying to put myself first. Yep. Because I'm I'm at a pivotal point where my fucking health's gone down to shit gurgle in the last couple of months and I'm not ready to go yet. Yeah. You know, I've got so much to give still and I've got this house to finish, so I'm not ready to go yet. Mm. But, um yeah, so like I say, yeah, going back to your your experience, I think there's a lot of boys like me and you, I think we're trying to make, you trying to make the difference doing this, I'm trying to make the difference doing we're all trying to make the difference, mm. but but we need more of us to do the difference. Yeah. Yep. You know, we need to increase that that population of us, that 5% population of us, we need to make it infectious and make it 10%, and make that 10% infectious, to make it 50%, and, and change the balance for the people out there who are just taking the piss. Mm. And I used to be good, and I think the biggest attribute... That I hold, Um, if there was ever on my fucking, well I'm not going to get buried, we decided we're all going to get cremated, but the biggest attribute I think I have in myself is the ability to say to someone, hang on sunshine, you're taking the piss, and not be aggressive when I say it, Mm. and just say, it's fucking not on, you know, and I've found in the last 18 months, and people say to me, oh yeah, but being rich is not everything, well fuck, I'd like to be rich and miserable. Because I've been fucking poor and miserable and thats I know which I'd rather. When, when I've got money and I can pay bills and I can put food on the table for my kids and I can do a bit of sponsorship here or buy some kids some football boots that wouldn't bear. I can do that when i got money. Mm. But when I ain't got no money, I can't do that. Yeah. you know. So, yeah. So, havening. I, I, if you ever... That sounds if amazing. You, if you ever want an experience um, that is the weirdest fucking... And I've had a few sessions of it now. That is the—I I, say—not weird. That is the most, most in my whole life i have actually been able to go, "Oh, that's not me. It's not me." And and I think that was the big—that was a bigger self-investment in myself, the ability for somebody else, as a well, she was a stranger, yeah, to say to me, Elliot, not she didn't ever say I was a victim. She, trauma. Trauma was my biggest thing mm. and no self-worth. And I think the investment I had with her has enabled me now. And there's going to be people that don't like it. And do I care? No. And not in a nasty sense, I don't care because the people that I'm saying no to, I need them out of my life. Yeah, Like my ex, out of my life. Yep. Like, God forbid, I'm on a shoestring now. Like my mum, God forbid, and, and, and the next 12 hours is not good. Um, Yes, I'll cry if she passes away, because I can't get there. Mm. Um, And and yes, she did the best she can, but she was fucking, you know, she abused me mentally. You know, I used to beg her to stop drinking. Mum, stop fucking drinking. Nah, fucking drink. You know, I I used to be fucking, come home from school, I could walk round the corner from, I I could be a fucking half a K from my house and and sit here and say to you, fuck, my mum's going to be pissed when I get home. I, I used to just have a gut sense. I I could tell before I even got home. Jesus. I could walk out of school at fucking three o'clock knowing that my mum was pissed by the time I got home. You know? So when when people said to me, oh, you should have tried out at school, I, I couldn't fucking try out at school because as a five-year-old kid, I was not knowing what I was going home to. Yep. So by the time I fucking got up in the morning, I was fucking worrying about what I was going to come home to. Yep. So, so I was just... I was vacant, you know, and we say about these kids not having any any dinner, you know. Really, some of the poor bastards—the dinner was the fucking last of their fucking problems. Yeah, you yeah. know, getting their fucking parents to be fucking responsible parents is their number one one, one goal, is it? You know, and you know, we we'll say that. That's, yeah, if I had plenty of money, I'd try and change that. I'd try and change that. Jesus, I think what you've just said. I
0: think I've been doing a bit of reading. <clears throat> Reading. Um Anyway. and I it, need I, to do more. <laughs> it's, oh, it's it's I never used to read. And it wasn't until my partner really told me, you read and you'll you learn a fucking, you'll see a different perspective of something. And what you've just mentioned to me is just something that I've just currently been reading. And basically it says it's, if you're able to share your deepest secrets or like the things that are troubling you the most freely, you don't have an ego.
1: So, see, see even for me, even for me, even up until 12 o'clock today, I was thinking what I've found of late, and I, I text a certain person who obviously has been helping me through a bad time, and basically the end of the text said, when you do this podcast, what then? Now Now, the amount of professional people that are... Putting their fucking hand, heart, soul into this community and given and given, they're all struggling. They're all fucking struggling, mm. yep. like really struggling. Yeah. And and I think for me, it's not. I'm not looking for closure. This conversation is not about closure. And 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 I don't. I actually, I don't feel. You know, people say, "Oh fuck," when they've yep. actually said they. I don't feel like that because because the trauma has been far greater than the discussion yep the, the only thing that I, I love about it now is I can talk about it and and I'm fine I feel fine I don't mm. feel like I know what I go and have a fucking drink yeah you know but um, you know people say to me what do I know about suicide well I fucking know because I, I drove to the cliff and fucking hung off the end of the cliff the only reason why I didn't jump because I'm fucking scared of the dark, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and like the car, the car, you know, when I, when I hit that accelerator going down that country lane that night, I knew what the fucking consequences were at the end. Mm. I was just lucky the farmer, and I laugh about now, they called me hedgeback in England. I was lucky the farmer played the fucking field. Because the fact that when they play fields in England, they plant, they're fucking like, you know, four foot deep. Yep, yep. Now, it was only the fact that he played the field four hours before I hit the fucking hedge and went over it that saved me.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Otherwise, I won't be here today to fucking tell the story. But I am here today to tell the story. And what I realised later on, fuck what, 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 fucking, because my ex-wife didn't want me and was using my fucking son against me, you know? But the, 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 th- the thing that failed me was the courts. Yeah. Like, I thought if I give her the house, I pay her the salary. Like I, I was separated from her for five years and gave her a full salary, a car, and, and I kept her in the family home. I had three years where I was sleeping in my car in a fucking hotel, and no-one knew. My employees didn't know, my staff didn't know, and they just thought when I was putting... Well, Steph used to just pay the bills. I used to just stay in hotels because I was working away. But I had three years where I, I'd sleep in the fucking car, and that's where my badness, because I started not sleeping, so I'd just drive around. I, I could get, I'd, I'd get in the car now, I'd fucking drive from here to Adelaide and back, and then go back in the office and carry on working. I had, I had five years... Where I physically didn't go to bed. And I lived off Red Bull and Sweets. And I was still like that in 2005 when I met Sint. If you went to my boot in 2005, I'd have two fucking slabs of Red Bull in the boot. And I used to just drink Red Bull. Never used to drink alcohol. I tried alcohol, but I think because I'd seen my mum and dad fucking drink as much alcohol as they did that. Alcohol does nothing for me, but now I enjoy a glass of wine. Mm. But I mean, um, you know, I, I've been there. Like I've been fucking hell, man. I've been down to the the pits of my ass, and no one's known. No one gives a fuck. Even now, you know, people don't care. There's a very there's a five percent of people that do care. You know, and then um, and and to me, I can't change it. And I think I, I wouldn't say I've give up now, but I can't change. I can't. I can't change people's perception. Mm. I can't change what their behaviour is, but what I can do, I've got two fucking gates there, I don't have to let that come past that gate into this house. And that's that's where I'm at now. And I'm not being defeatist, but I can't, even this podcast thing here, you know, whether that makes a difference to one person, I'm not so sure. But I think um, that self-worth thing now, my goal now, is to make sure when I come up that fucking gate and I get in that gate, this is my family time. You know, and this is this is, and my friends. When my friends want to come round with their kids, like I got a couple of. I've suddenly now I got some toys. I, I haven't always had the toys, mm. and anything I got, we have had to work fucking damn hard for. But mm. we got some toys in the fucking shed now. We open that fucking gate. Rosie stands in the corner. We just fucking we get on these quad bikes and that, and we just give it some. Like the the kids were having such a ball the other fucking week there. We ran out of fuel, <laughs> which uh, you know if you've ever fucking filled up your quad bike with fuel, that would take a long long <laughs> yeah. while to run that out. And that's and that's what I think. Um, and even even today, that the fucking sleep apnea thing has done my head in. Yeah. Like I I I look at that as a weakness. I think you fucking. I said to, said to the lady, I must be weak as piss. She said, Elliot, the average person is fucking five. I think she said to me five times an hour. She said, You're 50, 60 times an hour and well, you're not breathing. I said, Well, no wonder I nearly fucking rung the ambulance last Thursday <laughs> because I couldn't breathe, you know. Have and, you and, woken
0: up and like gasped?
1: Oh, fucking. Like, yeah, I've had it, like say, I, I think what it was. When I met Ollie in 2019, I think I was living off guilt. Yeah. Had 15 years of living off guilt. I used to lay there. I used to lay there in, in that room and close my eyes and think to myself, I wonder what he's doing now. I wonder if he knows I love him. See, like me, I can categorically, and I've said to me, old man, I can categorically look at my dad and know that you never fucking love me. Yeah. Because if you love me, you wouldn't have done the fucking shit that you did. Yep. I remember going into a pub at fucking 13 years of age, and he was some old slapper. All the pub now who she is, you know, and he's got his son there and he walks up to his fucking tart and says, I'm not gonna start talking I'm not gonna stop talking to you just come on Sunday. He he had no respect. And and like um I and I've heard it before and I dare say you would. I have heard people, men, um, doing that kind of thing with women, but they've always looked at, they've always made sure their family's got food and you mm. know and, and you you'll hear fucking women say, Look, you know, he is what he is, but he's always providing for us. Yeah. My old man, if he had and I remember as a kid, if we were sitting there at five o'clock and my mum couldn't feed us, which he couldn't, and he had ten dollars in his hand, he would go out, he would fucking get shaved and changed and go out to the fucking pub with that ten dollars. Why my mum couldn't even fucking turn the fucking switch on to for, for electricity. And he wants me to have respect for him, get fucked, you know, you you're gonna die. And I'm going to be sad because, sad the fact that I didn't deserve not to have a dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't deserve, and I'm sure you didn't. No. We didn't deserve, We're we, the people that we are, fuck me. We we didn't want racing cars, we just wanted a fucking dad. Yeah. Well, is that too much to ask for? Well, I never had one. You obviously bother saying that you never no, had one. Have one no, I did one, And for me... I know in my own heart and heart when the shit hit the fan with Ollie, even, you know, Jacinta brought the financial brunt. I mean, when I met her, fucking hell, I was 34, she was 25. I'm going through a fucking divorce and winding up my fucking business that I owed the bank a million fucking, you know, two and a half million dollars. She's fucking got a house in Adelaide, young friend, single, owes the bank nothing, you know. So she took, you know, I always say she was a porter. She took that much fucking baggage on. She needed a couple of porters, but I think for me now as an adult, and I think obviously in the last eighteen months, the relief for me is I always said, you know, bear in mind he was only fucking four when I had to leave. Um, I carried that that guilt for fourteen years. Yep. And I think for me now, the only difference now is is um, like I don't send him any money now unless he, unless he needs some. But I've sent money for fucking cars. I was paying her equivalent of I think I think say in England the uh, what they call it the maintenance is a hundred bucks a week yep. or a month or whatever. Yep. I was sending a 400. I, I was basically $1,200 of my money every week or yeah, every month used to go over to the UK. Now, if you know what the exchange rate is, that's fucking worse because mm, the mm. dollar and the pound is half. Yeah, yeah. So, But as soon as he was 18, in my mind, I said I'd always do it. And, and I think, um, and, that's only, and, that's, and that's more sort of late again, um, you know, it's been sort of eighteen months since Ollie came and he, he's gone, and I feel fucking relieved. I feel, I feel relieved, and I don't feel guilty that I'm not sending him any money now because if my if my old man would have just done that up until I was fucking fourteen, yeah, would have been a fucking tick in the box. He didn't give a flying fuck. Yeah, you know, he 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 didn't care whether. We had food on the, in the on the fucking table, mm. you know, and and I, I I remember like you know we looked there and I fucking I'm always saying to the kids turn the fucking lights off, you know, well that Levi's age he's ten, I to sit in the fucking dark with candles because we my mum couldn't afford to fucking turn turn the fucking electric the electric was cut off, yeah, you know, and, and Levi can't understand that. you know, fuck me like Levi's got a fucking go kart in there, Zayla's got a go kart now now, I I'm not trying to live my life now, and give the kids what I did didn't have. But, like, um, yeah, for me now, I've say that I've got that taste. You know, I'm walking around here now and I fucking see the pegs and, and like I say, the, the, one of the saddest things for me, Jacinta. You know, you don't, do you know my wife, Jacinta Jones? I, I don't know. Fuck. If you ever get her as a friend, she's the fucking best friend in the world. But um, I don't even think... I thought about that today because I woke up this morning and fucking my sister had obviously texted me and said you know, um, they've got to do a another MRI scan, but my mum already had two strokes at Christmas. Mm. So apparently she's had it. And I'll tell you what sort of tough old bird my mum is for her fucking faults. She, she was having a stroke, but being too proud to ring up a fucking ambulance, Yeah, you know, she got to the fucking doctors? Here we go. She rang up a fucking taxi. <laughs> so she got the taxi to the fucking doctors, and then the doctor said, get your ass up to the hospital. Wow. So, you know, so she, she's, a, she's a tough old bird, but as a parent, a fucking nightmare. Yeah. You know, you know all I ever begged her as a kid is to stop fucking drinking. You know, I've seen my mum, I, I think six overdoses my mum took. Jesus Christ. You know, I got in the fucking, I think, you know, there's one time I went to the lounge and she's fucking, you know, I had to fucking ring. I had to fucking ring the ambulance to come and get her and she took an overdose. And she didn't give a fuck. My mum did not give a fuck. So selfish, I could, I could categorically say to my mum, and my dad, you're the most selfish fucking parents because we begged you, I begged you, I begged you not to fucking drink. I begged you not to do it, and I, I—I—I I pissed the bed until I was thirteen. I never used to do sleepover well because I was frightened to pee in the bed, you know. And and that was because the environment that I was in, mm. you know. So, um, you know, and, and that's important to me. That's like important to me now. Um, that my kids don't see that, yeah. you know. Any any kids shouldn't have to see fucking abusive parents. They, no. you know. And I and I think where and me and Donna talked about it several times. Over, well, not too much, because Don don't drink that much. But I, I think the biggest um, the biggest piss-off where we're in life now, and until we change it, I don't know how the fuck you change it, if we don't let the kids be kids, this generational thing of being like we are. I mean, how old are you? I'm 31. So I'm 49. Well, so so, so four decades, mm. the same shit that we're talking about is... Still happening. Still happening. Yeah. The only difference now, back in my day, my mum and dad was uh, alcohol. Mm. Now it's fucking drugs. Mm. Well, drugs is a lot worse than alcohol. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know. You know. Like I say, my my mum and dad are full blown fucking alcoholics, and and now my old man's lived as long as he is is, is beyond me. Same as my mum. You know. So to, tonight could be the fucking the final straw that broke the camel's back for her because she just you know she's she's lived to the extreme. Yeah. But um. But I, I, if if I could give you. A token of self worth. Go and do some hiving.
0: I think I'm gonna to have to. Oh, I
1: actually uh, think I'm gonna to have to. That's, that's the weirdest. That's the weirdest. Um, because I've had counselling before, and I used to think to myself, well, you know, how, how smart this cunt here. I'm paying them fucking, you know, two hundred fucking pound an hour <laughs> yeah. to fucking. Whereas really, we're we just we're we, really it's what this. we've done is a counselling session. Yeah, really, and you know, and and I used to think to myself that's a load of shit, that's a load of shit, you know, I, I've, I've seen people, that go to the doctors, and, and like this week, they, they make me do this fucking test, because obviously, I've been in hospital, couldn't find out what it was, and they just, eliminated me, then I'm thinking to myself, well is it, because I must be allergic, I'm drinking beer, so I stopped drinking beer, but, but I know myself, like I said to Jacinta, four or five weeks ago, I can't, I've been working 14 hour days, for the last fucking years, yeah, I said I'm nearly fifty. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, you know, and then I'm thinking to myself, Oh hell at you, fucking weak as piss. Come on, you just put on some weight, like, get yourself back on your fucking bug or whatever. So I've been having this torture with myself that I'm I'm weak as piss, you know, <laughs> I, I, for the for the last eighteen months. Like mentally, I'm as best as I've ever been, you know. I can deal with all the shit that's been gone done. Tick the box, but physically, I'm fucked. You know, I can't, I get to a Friday night, I sit down and I'm fucking, I'm doing this. You know, like, I'm doing this. And then, like I say, I have to physically, and there's a there's a time, 12 o'clock. Don't ask me why. 12 o'clock on a Saturday. Fucking, I'm almost in panic stage now. 12 o'clock, I'm like, fuck, i got to get up. I've got to keep moving. Because if I don't, bang. And like, I, I could come out here and fucking fall on the grass. So obviously then they said, do this sleep fucking testing. So do the sleep testing. Sint takes me away at the Barossa last weekend. I slept all fucking weekend, got this fucking lovely venue that she booked us as soon as I had the fucking dinner come up two o'clock fucking passed out you know went went at a went at a you know a a couple's weekend for fucking years and um I knew then I was fucked, and the fact that the you know I was away and we didn't have no signal up there, and the phone not ringing was lovely it just mm. and it just felt lovely so anyway, so this fucking sleep test, they did this, and if you've ever done a sleep test or you know about it they they put this machine on you and you are just Fucking was everywhere. So you can't fucking sleep anyway, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I did it. Two weeks later, uh, results come. She rings me up, the lady at Chemists because she said, oh, I let you, you know, no good. I said, what, no good as what? She said, you failed. I said, how do I fail? I said, do people fail asleep? She said, not normally. She said, but they didn't get enough reading out of you. Now, from what I remember, for, for some reason that night, I put it on at eight o'clock, but I really didn't get to sleep till about half past 11 and I was up at fucking 5 o'clock again because I had to go work mm. so I'm thinking so, oh fuck that up I I, I needed a, like an 8 or 9 hour period of sleep so I said alright then so anyway a couple of weeks ago they fucking give me the t- test again so I tried to discipline myself and discipline myself with time is not one of my strong points so I had the diary and I said right fuck I've got to get him at 5 o'clock mm-hmm. so I got him at 5 o'clock Simp was pissing me around with something else but I managed to get him at 5 o'clock plugged myself in I'm sitting there at 7 o'clock for when the phone call comes through I so, said, yeah, I'm all wired up, everything's working. I go, I, I, half past eight, I go to bed. Even though I was laying there not sleeping, I, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to go to bed. I'm determined not to fail this fucking test. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm in the brass last Friday. They ring me I said, oh, you've got to ring your doctor's fucking urgent, you know. And I'm thinking, fuck me, you know, what, what could be it? And I knew I was bad mm. because of the shakes. I was yep. getting these fucking shakes. And I was only getting the shakes when I weren't working. When I was working, I was fine. So I was thinking to myself, there must be something wrong with my adrenaline or something. So, um, all week, I don't know, what, we, Where are we Thursday today? It is Thursday, yeah. So, fucking all week, I mean, my mother-in-law works at the fucking doctor's surgery, so you think you'd get a leg up with your mother-in-law being on the reception. Yeah. So, she comes on Monday, she, I said, fuck, I said, if, have they got my phone? No, they ain't got it yet. I said, Bev, if they have it, they must have it, because chemist came around me and said, they got it. So, um, fucking, I think Tuesday comes, and I was in bed Monday, Tuesday, because I weren't feeling too sharp, which is unusual. Fucking first sick day I've ever had it so I thought well if I own the company surely I'm allowed a sick day so I, I then ring fucking Bev and I said did you look at the file she said oh yeah it's got severe or something but you've got to speak to the doctor and I'm thinking to myself well she's just being professional and, and can't say to me what was in the file so I got the, sh- the fucking shits up because I had a bad night last night and I got the fucking shits up and then then I was getting all fucking antsy that I was doing this sort of thing I said yeah. like, oh fuck yeah. you know then I was like take control you know be positive up. so I rang up the chemist and I said look are you allowed to tell me what the result are. I says, from what I gather, you get the result, you send it to the doctors and he's just going to refer me back to you. So he said, pretty much. She said, but it's funny you should say that. She said, we've just had an email come through to say that we can ring you with the results. I said, fuck for that. So I said, so, so where are we looking? And she said, how are you feeling? I said, fucking rat shit. So I said, I've been feeling rat shit for the last fucking 18 months. She said, I'm not surprised. So I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you ain't getting no oxygen. So I said, "What do you mean I've got no oxygen?" And that's when she explained to me. She said, "I'm fit. I, I think the average is five, and I'm between fifty and sixty-five times an hour, where I'm not breathing. Every minute you're not breathing. So I'm thinking to well, fucking, no wonder I'm feeling fucking ratchet.' That's but, crazy. but but I've been I, I, I'm normally asleep by hoppers ten, and that's two o'clock. So that between what ten, eleven, twelve, one, two—that four hours, I'm physically fucking. I'm nearly fucking. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm choking by two o'clock in the morning. I'm waking up and going." Ugh. Uh-uh. So I've had that name for the week and I and I I, I rang them up today and I said I, I can't I can't do another week. You know? Fucking if I gotta change my fucking diet or I gotta do something, if I gotta have a week off work, I can't do this for another week, otherwise I'm gonna end up at the fucking hospital there. So mm. so I was being grown up about it. So um I fucking got a good Monday, but from what they gather and I and I was really anti because I, I do keep thinking that's weak as pissed, but apparently there's lots of people that have sleep apnea and you put the fucking mask on and, and apparently I talked to some bloke today he said well, he said I felt like a fucking new man he said within the first week he said I put it on he said I got plenty of energy I said well fuck I'll get to the weekend and I'm fucked I'm absolutely like as worse as I've ever been and I was that fucked I, I was pretending to drink because I knew if I had a couple of glasses of fucking wine I, I'd be even more fucked so so I, had, I, I was just pretending to top the glass up but not really drinking it as soon as no one was looking I was having a can of coke or well, Coke Zero. Don't yep. have Coke now. Yeah. So yeah, all right, so what are you now, thirty what? Thirty one. So I remember being thirty-one and I think my lesson to you is if you got some issues and you'll know that you've got some issues, don't leave it to fucking forty fucking whatever I am now before you do anything about it. So so if I could self worth myself now, so being, you know, half glass empty, I'm fucking gonna take that. I'm going to fucking take every opportunity I can now. Me first, then me family, then me friends and all the rest of the work of it. And if i got got like another couple of decades left on this earth, let's, let's have a good 20 years rather than the fucking 20 years up and down that we've already had. At the minute, being, um, I don't know what you call it, being, being self-taught to survive, the battle I'm having now is with me. Yep. you know is it weight was it my brain well I knew it went my brain because I'm sleeping like I fucking love my bed now whereas before I used to go to bed well I, I won't get none from work from a reasonable time but my, my attitude for the last 35 years is sleep's unnecessary sleep's just a fucking waste of time and my girl as soon as I went to if I, if, if I I've never done a 40 hour week since the age of 14 never so my, my average working week is I'm in that yard between anywhere between five and seven in the morning. If I'm in the yard at seven o'clock, I've slept in. So for the last month, I've had to physically... I still set me alone for Hubba's Five, but I've had to physically either just lay there and have a cup of tea or do something, and I'm trying not to go in the office until seven. Wow. And I've had to do that now because, you know, thinking I was going to have a fucking heart attack, that did put the fear of fuck up into me a little bit. I thought, I don't want to go yet. I've got too much talking to do. I don't want to go yet. But I, I've now had to be disciplined and say, well, hang on a minute, Elliot. Be sensible. There's something not right. you know, obviously got the shakes. You're doing this, you're doing that. And I need to get that right first. And I think, you know, once I get that right first, um, then I think I can go back to do a bit more haven to get me where I, you know, just to, just to finish me off, you know, yep. just to get me, you know, be the sort of, I don't know, be the candles on top of the cake, really. So that, that, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely say you know, and and I think uh, when you do these type of things too, I've found um, by trying to help somebody else, you're really putting your head in the oven again, because you got you got to really you got to get them to understand. You have got to tell them about your life experience, mm. and um, if you if you're not equipped mentally to do that, that can be a setback. That like, there's been too much hurt for me. Where there's nothing left, you know you can't. There's nothing anybody can. There's nothing anyone can say, do, to make me feel any worse than I already previously already have felt. Yep. I'm done. You know yep. I've I've been there. I, I, I can't go any fucking lower than I I went. So the only way for me now is to ignore it, uh, or fight. You know, and I I try not to fight because obviously you know not not the not the dumb thing to do. But God forbid, you know you fucking take the piss. Then, then I'm here to tell you, you're gonna, you know, you, you, you're gonna fucking get it. You know what I mean? Mm. So that, yeah, so definitely, like for you, you know, I can't, can't recommend it enough. And I'm helping some people who, who are going through a bit of a tough time now, and it's life changing. Man, it has been an
0: absolute pleasure.
1: So we have to catch up for a beer next time. Sounds very good. Sounds good. So, wow, I'm you,
0: amazing.